What is up, YouTube? Welcome in to another edition of Bucky and BK live on Texas Sports Unfiltered. Today is Friday, September 1st, 2023. Buck, we've made it. We are officially one day away from Texas Longhorn game day. September is upon us, which means college football is back. Of course, next week, the NFL will come along with it, and it is is a great thing good morning my friend good morning to you it is a great thing we are day before opening uh opening game for the university of texas texas versus rice and you know what the haze in the barn now it, it it's walkthrough day there's nothing going on all it is is substitutions walk through make sure that if little joey bob gets hurt you put a billy ray in you know what i'm saying how many guys how many guys get in a huddle only 11 of you can get in the huddle. Hey, you, what the hell are you doing on the field? Get the hell out of here. Only 11 of you can be in that huddle. You can't have five-yard penalties. This is what today is all about. The, but the hay is in the barn. No more smacking guys around. You don't have to hit each other any longer. It'll be about your opponents now. I don't know if we have any Joey Bobs or Billy Rays on the Texas roster this year, Buck. We'll Were you coaching out, those guys? We'll find out from one of our specialists today. One of our <laughs> one of our guests will let us know if there's any Billy Rays out there for sure. Are you that old to where you were coaching guys named Joey Bob and Billy Ray? Oh yeah, Jimmy Bob. Yeah, oh, of course. God. Oh, it my. is te- it is Texas, by the way. It is Texas, by the way. That is very very true. And you said it. Our buddy Jeff Howe of Horns twenty four seven will be joining us at eight thirty. We'll talk plenty of Texas and Rice with him. Also. Our great friend Lee Sterling of ParamountSports.com will be joining us at 9.15 to give you his picks for your cousins for week one of the college football season. Super excited to have Lee on every single Friday morning at 9.15. He'll have all of your picks. The guy is the very best in the business. 28 of the last 29 seasons have been winning seasons for Lee Sterling. So if you're looking to make some cash yeah, man. football season this year. Uh, definitely keep it locked in at 9.15 for Lee Sterling. He's got the gold star locks. Yeah. The gold star locks. We're looking for one from you. Are we going to get one from you this weekend? Yes, you will there, Coach Prime. You'll get a gold <laughs> star lock, all right. You'll get locked down. Uh, there's your tease right there. Yeah, good call on Utah last night, by the way. That wasn't a 1,000-unit play, but you did oh. have the Utes. Uh, They took care of Florida last night. We'll talk about that game. We'll talk about the wild Minnesota-Nebraska game, and it's just more of the same for the Nebraska Cornhuskers. Golly, I don't often feel bad for other fan bases, Buck, but I feel bad for the Nebraska fan here in 2023 with uh, everything they've been through over the last few years. It has been a disaster up there in Lincoln, and that continued last night. So we'll talk about those games. We'll talk about some of the big games in week one of the college football season. And, of course, plenty of Texas and Rice conversation as well. Buck, you got to say good morning to our friends at Fort Cavazos. Yes, good morning to the soldiers at Fort Cavazos, Texas, the soldiers in the state of Texas, and all those that fight for us each and every day all over this wide, wide world. Thank you so much for what you do. It is appreciated, and we do appreciate it each and every day, and please be safe out there. Amen. Amen. Well said, my friend. All right, let's open up with some Steve Sarkeesian audio. This comes from Monday when Sark met with the local media. He was asked about Rice, and the first comments that Steve Sarkeesian said about Rice on Monday, right here. Obviously, this is an exciting time for us, uh, our fans, our students. Um, 
you know, we've, we've got a we've got a veteran opponent coming to town. You know, Rice is a, a team that has a great deal of experience, returning a lot of starters, especially on the defensive side of the ball. They got a quarterback who's played with a ton of experience. He's played here twice in his career. Um, so, you know, they're hard nosed. They're tough. They got very intricate schemes. Um, so we, we have our work cut out for us from a preparation standpoint. So there's Sark from experience. Monday. Experience. That's what they've got. That is what they've got. Rice, one of the more experienced teams in the country. Of course, it all starts with their quarterback, JT Daniels, who, as Sark mentioned there, has played in Austin twice. He's lost both of those games, but you know, I heard Chip and Zay talking about this yesterday. JT Daniels hasn't been terrible in those two games. Uh, the loss when he was with USC back in 2018, and then last year he was with West Virginia when the Longhorns took care of the Mountaineers here in Austin. JT Daniels hasn't been awful in those games, but obviously Texas has gotten the better of him in both of those matchups, and we expect that to be the case once again. But JT Daniels has been in college football forever. He's played in a lot of big games. He's played in some atmospheres like DKR, including playing at DKR a couple of times over the course of his college career. Uh, He's the leader of that team, even though it's his first year, and it is a pretty experienced Rice Bunch coming to town, Buck. Yeah, well, he's a a quarterback that's close to throwing for 7,000 yards in his career. He's He's been in atmospheres, as you said, like this, but he's just slightly above an average quarterback. I mean, if he were a major college one timer and never gone anywhere else, he would he would just be a stabilizer. And in a game like this, with the talent that he has around him, he will be the stabilizer for this group. He has to be, because if he doesn't play well, they're not going to be able to play well. They're not even going to be in the game for a quarter if he plays lousy. And no, he doesn't throw the ball around. He doesn't just give the ball away. He's not that type of quarterback. He does have the experience of being in big college football games. So no, I don't expect him to drop the snap from center. You know what I'm saying? I don't. I don't expect things like that. I don't expect a bunch of handoff miscues. I expect Texas to make make this game uh, a one-way game by what Texas does. But I don't expect JT Daniels to just throw a bunch of picks. I expect him to be an experienced, you know, well-groomed quarterback that's been around for a, for a while, which means you don't expect balls to be going all over the place, just quarterback, running back exchange, things like that. Hmm. Now, Texas can make them do some things. Texas can force some fumbles on the running backs, force some fumbles on JT Daniels. But I don't expect this kid to give the game away. You know, yeah, I think a big thing for Rice, and obviously we'll focus more on the Texas side of this matchup, but Rice has has to keep JT Daniels healthy. Yeah, I think the last time Rice played in Austin two years ago when Texas beat them 58 to nothing, uh, Rice had to play three different quarterbacks in that game, not because they were getting their ass kicked and just were bringing in guys off the bench. Now, Texas kept injuring their quarterback. So they're trying to make sure JT Daniels stays healthy and makes it through this game. I don't think Texas has the intention of injuring anybody, but that's Rice's biggest key. Like Rice is trying to at least make this game kind of interesting. And to do that, they need their quarterback, who is the highest rated recruit in the history of that program. I get that he didn't come in as a high schooler, but still that stat uh, remains to be true. Uh, They need to make sure that that guy stays healthy, obviously for this game, but for the rest of the year as well. And once again, as we talked about yesterday, it's important for the Rice Owls because they're playing in a new conference. They want to be successful throughout the year. This is not the only game that the Rice Owls will play. This is an important game because you're playing kids, you know, kids versus kids from the state of Texas. You know, they've grown up playing against each other. They feel that competition. But Rice has to finish out the remainder of the season. They don't want to lose to Texas and then lose a bunch of players to Texas in the Texas game. 
They don't want to see kids carted off the field. I always worried about that. I remember when Mac and those guys were playing Rice. I was, I, that's right. I worried. I mean, I like clean games. I don't like to see guys being carted off because they got hurt. I like to see nice hits. I like to see nice tackles. But I don't want to see an opposing team that's undermanned, you know, lose five guys in a football game, and now their season's wrecked in game number one. That'll be important for this Rice Owl team. How hard do they want to go? How hard can they go? And how many bodies do they have to really, really go? Because, folks, at 2.30 in the afternoon, both teams are going to have to substitute an awful lot. But for Rice, when they substitute, it's not like when Texas substitutes. It's a different type of ball player that goes in the game. Their twos and threes are not the same as Texas twos and threes. Yeah. God bless all of you making your way to DKR tomorrow, by the way. I mean, my goodness. How about the ultimate middle finger from Fox? You know, Fox is – that's what the game will be on tomorrow. Fox is pissed that Texas is moving to the SEC because Fox has a bunch of Big 12 games and they don't have anything in the SEC. So they kind of are on a mission this year, I think, to screw Texas. Oh, no. Don't don't tell them they're like the commissioner. Yeah. Yeah. Now, look, the Big 12 makes – the kickoff times for a lot of the conference games, but obviously the TV partners have a lot of say, but in the non-conference games, it's all the TV partners that dictate when kickoffs are. So, so what's new? Somebody, somebody else is pissed at Texas. Yeah, exactly. Somebody else is pissed at Texas. I mean, it's pretty understandable for Fox to be pissed at Texas because they're going to lose a bunch of money when the Longhorns make their way to a different conference that they don't have the broadcasting rights for. But uh, yeah, it sucks, man. It sucks. And I, I, I firmly believe that, you know, once Texas makes the move to the SEC next year, we're not going to have to be dealing with these 2.30 kickoffs in September. I'm not going to sit here and tell you we're not going to have any of these over the course of the year, but I got a hunch that uh, the TV partner is going to be a little bit nicer to Texas, and we're going to have more night games in the first month of the season when it's red hot outside because yeah. we've obviously got record high temperatures, and I don't think that's going to be changing anytime soon. So God bless you. If you're going to be out there tailgating wow. tomorrow – uh, all morning drink, and all day. Great today. Drink all. I mean, drink yep. your your water and uh, your electrolytes today because I know you'll be sudsed up tomorrow for sure. Yeah. Drink your Ovaltine. I think that's going to be <laughs> important for this one. Uh, other other thoughts about Rice? Uh, look, Luke McCaffrey. Watch out for him. Everyone knows that name, the brother of Christian, the son of Ed. He's the best skill position player on this Rice offense. Uh, make sure you bottle him up. Texas has the horses to take care of that dude. Just That's one of my keys, Buck, and I know tomorrow during our pregame show we're going to have Bucky's three keys to victory, which I'm looking forward to. But uh, make sure Luke McCaffrey looks like Luke McCaffrey and not Christian McCaffrey tomorrow, yeah, for please. Sure. For sure. I mean, you, you've got to go with your solid run defense for the Longhorns No, and and – that, and that also means getting to the quarterback. You don't have to hurt the quarterback, but you got to get to the quarterback and pressure him. They did a lot of that last year. Um, my expectations are they'll be better at that this year with more sacks than than pressures. I, I think they'll they'll get in there and sack the quarterback a little bit better than they did last year. I love the pressure, but I truly love the sacks and the turnovers. That's what that's what I'm looking for for this defense. So I don't care if it's whether they're playing Rice, TCU, Alabama. I expect for this defense to be a defense that not only harasses the quarterback, but also makes the quarterback make make mistakes and end up having the ball go the other way. Yeah, I think that's the biggest weakness for this Rice football team. It's their offensive line. Uh, They've got some experience up front, but how good is experience when the guys suck? You know, that's that's Rice. Overmatched, overweighed, you know, overheight, the whole thing. No, because we talked a lot about girth and height and length yesterday, so – that will come to play when you watch the two teams take the field. 
you know, tomorrow. You, you'll you'll see the mismatch and the size difference right off the bat. And yep. Texas has to take advantage of that. Take advantage of it early so you can play a lot of people late. There's no reason yeah. for your, anybody, in, any of your starters to be in in the fourth quarter. Oh, that would be I, very disappointing. Yeah, I hope none of Texas' starters are in past like the five-minute mark into the third quarter, right? Like, I get it if Sark wants to get his first-team offense and first-team defense some reps in the second half, right? Just get that familiarity with coming out of the locker room at halftime and being on the field in half number two. But uh, the hope is that's just, you know, pomp and circumstance. The hope is that yeah. isn't out of necessity, right? The hope is, yeah, you're just trying to get them that real – life in-game experience and then boom give those guys a series or two and then you've got a four five touchdown lead to where it's like all right call off the dogs let's get the younger guys and the backup guys yes. some opportunity to play uh, that's obviously the hope and that's the expectation i think for most texas fans going into this game tomorrow well yeah. you know it, it's it's um these guys have waited a long time for this you know they'll be all geared up but you know there's 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 those little nuances to the game and the things that the coaches have talked to you about that you still have to perform. You still have to execute the plays. I mean, Rice is not going to just give you something either. You know, we talk about Texas taking away. Rice does not want to give up anything to Texas. They don't want to give you big gaping holes so you're running backs without B. John Robinson. All of a sudden, you look like you got Heisman Trophy winners in the backfield. They don't want to do that, too. They will play hard. But how long can they play hard in the heat, BK, when how hard can their starters really, really go? When you have the kind of depth that Texas has and the, the, the kind of depth that Rice does not have, that's a long day at 2.30. It really, really is. You will wear – these kids will get worn smooth out. Yeah. Hell, if you're, a, if you're a fan, you'll get worn smooth out sitting in the stands tomorrow. You go to support your team, but everybody will be worn out tomorrow. And especially Absolutely. a team that's got helmets on their head, you know? Right. Well, Texas just needs to stay healthy, right? That's yeah. that's part of this too. I mean, that's part of rotating guys in and out, right? Making sure guys don't get dehydrated, guys don't cramp up. That's obviously short-term stuff, right? There are going to be right. some dudes battling cramps tomorrow. Absolutely. That's inevitable with the with the temperatures and humidity out there. It's going to be insane. So, you know, those are okay. You don't want those to happen, but those are short-term. Hey, get some fluids in you and then get back on the field. Yeah, long-terms are hamstrings and groin pulls and things like that. That's what you don't want to see. You want to see guys that have gone through gone through from winter workouts to, to what's going on here in fall camp, that they're loose and ready to go. The heat just makes them just a little bit looser. But you don't want to see guys pulling anything. And in game one, that quick twitch, when you start, you move a little bit different when you're playing against an opponent that you don't know about and different guys. You know, you know the weaknesses and the strengths of your teammates. You don't quite know that. You've watched film, but when you get in a game against an opponent, the speed of the game, speed of the game is a little bit different. So you that's where you got to really, really watch out for pulls and things like that. Guys have to get their rest tonight. They got to be ready to, to play tomorrow. They got to play like it's Alabama, even though it's not Alabama. And then they have to get and then they have to execute what's been called. This is a game of execution for them. If they just execute, this shouldn't be very close at all. They, yeah, they should right. overwhelm them. They should just overwhelm them with talent. You're right. The speed of the game is going to be different. It's going to be a lot slower tomorrow than it has been it's in practice. Tricky. Yeah, you're absolutely right. <laughs> Over the last the speed of the game is going to be slower, yes. Yeah, it'd be wow. a huge problem if it isn't. But, uh, yeah, like I think Texas is going to take care of business tomorrow. I think uh, we all do. And just make sure everybody stays healthy, man. That is huge because we all know what's on deck. We all know what looms next weekend. So take care of business. Uh, get a bunch of guys in-game experience, yeah. make sure you don't lose anybody to injury. I mean, forget the season-enders. 
Get yeah. your quarterback right tomorrow. Get him off to yeah. a great start of the season. Have him throw some touchdowns. Have him be accurate. Have him have his footwork down, not sloppy throws, just because he can take advantage of, of, the, of the team he's playing against with the talent. No, make sure he's doing all his things mechanically the right way. I mean, you mean you got to be extra careful with that tomorrow because this, you know, he'll have may have a tendency to just kind of get a little bit lazy because of the type of players that he's playing against. He has to be Sark will be watching his footwork. The quarterback coach, you know, Milwee and the guys will be watching the way this guy handles himself tomorrow. But he he needs to have a successful start of the football season for sure. Quinn Ewers. Yeah, I'm glad you brought up the footwork for Quinn Ewers because that was way too inconsistent last year. And that's something we want to see more of, not just in this game tomorrow, but over the course of the year, right? Correct. Mechanically, Quinn Ewers has to be better and more sound than he was last year. For sure. Uh, we expect that. He he probably yeah. he expects it too. But can he mentally can he keep doing it? Play after play after play, not take a series off where he's really lazy. Then he comes back, gets his footwork. He has to be a consistent quarterback, and his footwork has to be consistent. So that'll be interesting to see. I'll be watching for that tomorrow. I mean. He's going to have success because they're going to win the game anyway. He'll have success just turning around, handing the ball off. But when he throws some of the simple throws, I'm going to be looking at his footwork and say, well, that's just an arm throw that he still he really could have set himself and thrown the ball well. I think people should take note of that tomorrow. I would, I would, I, not that he throw through for 300, 400 yards against a Rice team, but that his footwork was well, his mechanics were well, you know, his posture was well when something may have not gone right for him. Uh, I mean, all eyes will really still be on that kid tomorrow. Yeah, he's the most important player for this Texas team this year, right? And a yeah. lot of people are talking about a lot of different players. And look, there's a lot of talent on this Texas team. And of course, there are a lot of important players for Texas's success in 2023. But it's Captain Obvious stuff, but it sure. is obvious. I mean, you need the quarterback to be there. And Quinn Ewer's inconsistencies in the second half of 2022 is the main reason why Texas did not make it to the Big 12 championship game last year. That's if he's right. got those inconsistencies again here in 2023, then... Texas might not make it to the Big 12 championship game again this year, which would be disappointing. I mean, it's always disappointing to not get there. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that last year and the way that that thing ended was not a little bit upsetting. But this year, considering Texas is picked to win the league for the first time since 2009, this is the highest-ranked team in the conference. Uh, people nationally are picking this team to make the college football playoff, right? Not only yeah. to win the Big 12, but also to be in the Final Four at the end of the year. Uh, if you can't at least get to Arlington, Every Texas fan has talked about it. That's a massive, massive failure of a season. So, yeah, look, you're not going to judge Quinn Ewers' 2023 by what he does against Rice, but obviously you hope that you could see some tangible changes. We'll see it with the body. We'll see it with the haircut, of course. Yes. But you hope, you hope you see it with his footwork, with his mechanics, with, uh, with the accuracy at least a little bit in this game tomorrow. Yeah, for sure. The way he leads this football team will be important in game one. Even though, you, you're, you know, you should overwhelm this team, his leadership – and the way he leads the team will be – we'll see how he is on the sideline. All these things, all these intangibles will matter tomorrow. It all matters starting tomorrow. Yeah, and you talked about being buttoned up, right? Making sure you've got the right personnel on the field, uh, making sure you've got 11 guys, not 12, not yeah. 10. Did you watch the Florida-Utah game last night? I did. I watched some of that, of course. I get I get to about halftime, and then that's that's all I needed to see. And that was a – those both those games were really good game. Versus – Two good football games, college football games last night to start off, you know, the football season, really. Not week zero, but kind of week one. And also, we have a leader in the Big 12. We've got a first-place leader. 
That's right. Central Florida is the leader. That's <laughs> what are right. they going to give themselves another national championship for? Absolutely. Uh, They're the they, number one team right there. They're the number one team to beat right now, starting off there in first place. How about that? Yeah. Hey, shout out to UCF because they did make my cousin some money last night. So I am uh, very grateful for their strong performance over Kent yeah, but I State. Saw some, I saw some sloppiness last night. Yeah, of course you did. Do you remember, maybe you were watching this, I think this was in the second quarter, so you were probably still up for this thing. Oh, yeah. Utah had a fourth down and three. They oh. were punting it back to Florida, and there was a penalty. And Florida got penalized for having two players on the field wearing the same jersey. Number, number. three. It was number three. <laughs> the jersey number three. I'm, I'm like, come on, guys. Dude, And that, that was a five-yard penalty. It was fourth and three. That was a five-yard penalty, so it turned into a Utah first down. They got to keep the ball, and they ended up scoring a touchdown on that drive. How do you like that? How do you like that on the sideline? Dude, I mean, Billy Napier, man, like, I get it. He's only in year two. We talked about it a little bit yesterday. You know, Florida's like Texas, right? If you don't have success right away, people are already starting to look for your replacement. The expectations are high there every single year. Napier's coming off of a below average year one. I mean, they went six and seven. I guess a little bit better than Sark's year one, but still – uh, people weren't thrilled with the way 2022 went down in Gainesville. And like, not only do they open up with the loss at Utah, that's understandable, even though they were going up against Utah's backup quarterback, former walk-on. And the backup to the backup played. And the freshman, yeah, backup to the backup got in there too. But the, God, just the dumb penalties they had. That was obviously the dumbest and the most costly, but it just felt like every Big play Florida had. They had some stupid penalty, and it got called back, and that was why they just never really had a chance last night. And and, and the funny thing about that game, we talked about – I told you how physical Utah was. Both teams played some physical – you know, even for Florida, that defensive line last year that really, really was kind of underwhelming, I thought they played pretty tough. They they kind of kept Utah's run game in check, but they didn't – the Utah kids really protected the quarterback well last night. I thought – I thought when you bring in a backup quarterback and a backup to the backup and you can still throw the ball down the field and get things done, how about the opening play of the game for Utah's backup quarterback? What a dime. 71-yard bomb on the money. That was, that was an awesome way for that guy to start as a starter to come in there last night. And that crowd was loud in Utah, and that still is a physical bunch. Remember, did I, did I not pick them to be my, one of my surprise teams and you got on me about that? Yeah, You wait. did. Huh? You did. You also picked Michigan, the number yeah. two team in the country, sleepers. to be your my sleepers. <laughs> yeah, Michigan, uh, one of the favorites to win number the national the championship. Your big sleeper this year. Awfully bold of you there, Skip Bayless. Yeah, I like Utah a lot. I like that team. I like the way they play the game. They yeah. play the game. They hit hard now. They come to play, and they come to play on defense. And that offensive line comes to play. You know, they've got. I mean, I think they've got just a pretty average running back. But, boy, those guys on the offensive line, when they get after you and they start going downhill, they they play to the echo of the whistle and a little bit pass. You know, that's a that's a good bunch that their coach, their, their longtime coach has. They're going to be good again this year. They're going to be tough for USC to dethrone. They really are. Yeah, it's a good team. Like you said, they are well coached. I'm kind of glad Texas will not be in the same conference as Utah. Yeah. Right? Obviously, the Utes coming to the Big 12 next year. We know where Texas is going next year. Um, Utah's good, and they play that physical brand of football that has given Texas teams fits in recent years. Like they are very well coached, and you're right, they've got a chance to win the Pac-12 again. Keep in mind, yeah, they've won it the last. 
and the Utah BK is going to have a lot to say when they get to the Big 12. Yeah, yeah. They are going to be one of the best teams when they get to the Big 12. I mean, they've won the Pac-12 two years in a row. They've played in the Rose Bowl two years in a row. They never have the most talent out there, right? USC, Oregon, they usually recruit better than Utah does. But, man, Kyle Whittingham, they just find a way. They just find a way. So a nice win for them. And once again, Utah is in Waco next weekend. So we'll learn a lot about Baylor. We'll learn more about Utah. We'll see if Cam Rising can go in that game. Obviously, Utah would love to have them. But a nice start to the year for the Utah Utes and a nice start to the year for Nebraska. Not. No. More of the same. Dude, Nebraska leads the country since 2015. They have more one-score losses than anybody in college football, and they also have more blown second-half leads than any team in college football. And what did they do last night? They lost a one-score game, and they blew a second-half lead. They were up 10-3 to with under three minutes to go. They give up a touchdown on fourth and 10, and then they're driving down the field, Buck, with a chance to kick a field goal to win it. They throw an interception, giving Minnesota time to drive down the field and win it. And then how about the uh, the freshman kicker? How about that for a Come debut? On, the game winner. He makes it 47 yards, I think, at the buzzer. And the Gophers get a win, and Nebraska gets another heartbreaking yeah, I, loss. And I'd like to say the, the the Nebraska quarterback, his debut. You know, I just I thought he was all right, but he didn't overwhelm me to for what they need in the Big Ten. They're going to get after that kid. He's a, I think he's a transfer. Yep, that came in, and they've got a number of transfers from the same from the same place. But I wasn't underwhelmed, but I wasn't overwhelmed by that kid having to play. In the Big Ten, I I, I just I just yeah. wasn't because that's not very good. Now that Minnesota team talking about a group that likes to run the ball and still has the fire in their eye when it comes to the run game, they've got it. And I like their quarterback too. I know they lost a, a a starting quarterback that was there for an awful long time, but I like the kid from Minnesota who played last night. I mean, he's a little bit more athletic than I thought he would be. I mean, he's a six foot four guy. I thought he'd be, you know, just a pocket passer, but he escaped out of the pocket. He ran for a touchdown, I believe, in the corner. I think he did some nice things last night for them. And they've got some transfer wide receivers that are pretty good too at Minnesota. Yeah, the Minnesota quarterback. Oh, yeah. You, you didn't think he was athletic because he's white, right? No, I didn't think he was athletic because he's so tall and he he looks to be like a two two thirty. And I, I just didn't think he had that. But I saw him escape and take off with the football, get a couple first downs and it's and a score last night. He played well. He yeah. did. And he can but now he can heave it. Yeah. He really can. He's that pretty was, accurate when he throws the ball, and he's got some little short receivers that can fly. That, and one that, dude had like seven catches in the first half of the transfer, so he, they've got a pretty talented team. And I would remember last year that was one of the best, if not the best defense in the country last year at Minnesota, and they took it on again last night because when, when they needed to stop, Nebraska decided to throw a pick for him, and, you know, bang, the quarterback decided to, you know, throw, an off, throw one off of somebody's hand, a tip drill for an interception to lose the game like Nebraska seems to do. Yeah. And Minnesota did win nine games last year. I don't think they're very good, but hey, a win is a win is a win. They'll take it. That was the most Big Ten game ever. Oh, Uh, God. But it was college football. It was beautiful. Hey, we've got a a special guest joining us in a couple of minutes and also a big announcement in regards to that. Another announcement? Oh, we've got three big announcements to make today, Buck. I feel like LeBron James, not one, not two. Not but four, three, 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 three announcements to make. Yeah, three two of them are going to happen during Trey and BK from twelve to one. A little bit later, 
this uh, this afternoon. So uh, excited about that. Real quick, though, before we make that announcement, tell people the news and bring on our next guest. we got to give some love to some of our sponsors, Buck. We'll start with where we're going to be tomorrow doing our pregame show, our friends out at Covert Bee Cave. No doubt about it. Since 1909, the Covert family, they've been serving and selling cars and trucks in Central Texas. And right off of Highway 71 in Bee Cave, they have unbelievable location. It's, it's an unbelievable location, but they have three new dealerships right there. And, folks, we will be there, of course, starting tomorrow. But they carry seven brands, Buick, GMCs, Cadillacs, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and, of course, Ram. There's something out there for everyone, and they service all the GM models out there. For more information, go to covertbcave.com. And, folks, while you're there, do remember this. They've also got a Ford dealership in Hutto. they got Ford Lincoln in Austin. And, folks, say hello to Stacy out there. Say hello to Mike, Dan Covert. And, folks, nobody beats that Covert deal. Not now, not ever. And we are looking forward to being there tomorrow for our pregame show for sure, BK. Yes, we are. We'll be there. We'll be there from 12 to 2, doing pregame, talking all things Texas and Rice. We are very much looking forward to that. Shout out to our friends at Covert Bee Cave for making that possible. And also shout out to our friends at the Altstadt Brewery. Yeah, that's right. My fridge is stocked. Yeah. Come on, man. My fridge is stocked with Altstadt beer. Boy, I needed a few of those watching that Big Ten game last night. My goodness. But I will be drinking plenty of Altstadt throughout the course of the football season. Hopefully your fridge is stocked with it, too. Uh, They've got a bunch of different brews, something for every beer drinker out there, including some super easy-to-drink beers for the summertime. The Altstadt Light sacrifices on calories, does not sacrifice on taste. Also, the Altstadt Peach Rattler made with juice from real Fredericksburg peaches. That's right. They combine their award-winning Altstadt lager with some peach juice. And I'm not a huge fan of fruit beer. This stuff is really, really good. It's easy to drink. I'm telling you, one sip and you won't go back to the other beers that you have been drinking in the past. Pick up a six-pack, maybe a couple of six-packs of Altstadt beer. No impurities, no regrets. All right, Buck, we've got an announcement to make. Another lineup edition coming to Texas Sports Unfiltered starting next Monday. We're going to have an afternoon show. That's right. We're no longer going to be done at 3 o'clock. We're going to be adding a show to our lineup that will be going from 3 to 5, Monday to Friday. And one of the guys who will be a part of this new show, a couple of times a week, we've got a rotating cast of characters on this currently unnamed afternoon drive program here at texas sports unfiltered i love the way you said that because there's always a rotation involved when it involves me because of my ability to have to have a couple days off now you're not a part of this you're a permanent fixture you're five days a week it's in your contract by the way i did that this is friday i have made it five days you have yes congratulations on completing your first full week of work (laughs) all right on with the on with the announcement it only took you three weeks to get here super excited to have this guy as a big part of the channel you guys know him incredibly well he is one of the very best on the beat and a great dude as well a guy who breaks down the longhorns better than just about anybody in the world and a good friend of both of ours the great jeff how yeah man that's right. Jeff Welcome. Howe will be a part of yes. our afternoon show. It'll start Monday, 3 to 5. Jeff will be on Monday's show. We'll tell you who he's going to be working with. We'll tell you who the other 
guys on that afternoon show are going to be, but super excited to have Jeff Howe of Horns 24-7 as a much bigger part of TSU. What's going on, Jeff? Yeah, thanks, BK. I appreciate both you guys uh, keeping me in the loop on everything. I'll be honest, I've had friends, family, random people on the street ask me, hey, what's BK up to? And you know, I'll tell them uh, everybody's got some kind of venture going on, whether it be terrestrial radio, streaming, whatever. Uh, I believe in this project wholeheartedly. Ever since I heard about it, I'm like, man, I think this is the way to go. And BK, I think you're doing it the right way. Bucky, I think you're going about it the right way. So I'm I'm pumped to officially be a part of the Texas Sports Unfiltered family and looking forward to Monday, man. Looking forward to just being able to sit back and talk ball, a lot of college football. Uh, we'll go Big 12, SEC, get into the NFL. So I am I could not be more excited than I am right now. I know it's hard to tell with my inflections, but uh, yeah, I'm pumped. I'm pumped. I'm ready to go. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I'm, I may be a little rusty. I want to thank my, uh, my former terrestrial radio employer for the, uh, I don't know, what have I had about? Eight weeks of load management so far. So eight weeks of uh, load management. Been good. It's been good. Yeah, feel. yeah, it's been good. Yeah. It's like it's like a. I basically had like a major league baseball offseason. I've been playing winter ball in the Dominican for you know about eight weeks. So you got to know your daughter, finally. Yeah, yeah, she remembered that I exist. So <laughs> no, it's great. Actually, we're going to have lunch today, Buck. She's got the uh, early release day today for the extended holiday. That's so. what I'm talking about. Early release days. I don't mean from prison. I don't mean from, the, from that, but just, you know, early release day, I'm, I'll be getting a couple of those. I never even added those into my, you know, the, the load management days that I need. So now I feel, now I feel bad that I even said anything. So BK, yeah. I'm sorry. If, if you just, <laughs> if you just look up one morning, BK, it's like nine 15 and the other screen is blank. <laughs> yeah. Just blame me. Yeah. I'm going to call you right away and get you on the show. Cause it'll be your fault that that happened. That's how that thing is going to work. So yeah. Pumped, pumped about bringing you on, man, and appreciate uh, all of those kind words. And look, you're obviously more than just Texas football. You know ball better than anybody. You'll talk, as you mentioned, plenty of college football, plenty of NFL. Uh, You're all over the sports scene all of the time. So, uh, yeah, huge, huge addition to us here at TSU, and we're we're really looking forward to Monday and all of the shows that uh, that you're going to do for us. Um, let's, let's shift gears though. We'll we'll talk more about the show a little bit later, but let's talk about this football game tomorrow, Texas and rice. I saw you put out a good article on horns 24 seven the other day, talking about the five players that Texas fans need to know about this rice team. So I kind of let you just tell us about, look, if, if rice is going to make this thing a little bit interesting and a little bit uncomfortable for Texas fans, look, it's going to be uncomfortable. It's 150 degrees outside, but uncomfortable for Texas fans watching at home, uh, who are the guys that could give Texas some problems tomorrow afternoon? First off, Bucky, I think everybody needs to take advice from your uh, your former boss, John Makovic, and hydrate, hydrate, hydrate. That is the key oh, yeah. for success tomorrow. Um, they're to, really the, the what it boils down to for me, BK. You know, Rice hasn't. You know, say what you want about JT Daniels. It's hard to believe this guy's career trajectory. I mean, this is a guy you go back and. Go back and pull up like 2020, 2021, way too early mock drafts. This dude was looked at as like maybe a number one overall pick in the draft by some people. Now, his career hasn't panned out that way, but Rice is, by the way, and I I mentioned mentioned this, I'm I'm about to put out our big preview that that Horse 24-7 breaking down this entire game, and I mentioned in there, mark this down because you'll never see a Texas Rice game ever again where two former five-star quarterbacks are going head-to-head, and that's the case we've got tomorrow. (laughs) With yeah. JT Daniels and Quinn Ewers. Uh, but really what concerns me, and it's not really a concern, it's more of an unknown. If Texas is going to get attacked, if Rice is going to stay in this game, 
I think they're going to do it throwing the football because they haven't had a guy with an arm like JT Daniels. And I think that's why Mike Bloomgren wants to open things up. Look, it's one thing to want to run the football. It's another thing to want to run the football when you're one of the worst teams in the country at running the football. So it hasn't really worked out for Rice. Now they've got a legitimate alternative they can fall back to that they can go to. And there's two problem areas to me on this Texas defense. And again, not really problem areas, but just concerns are a little bit unknown. One is that weak side linebacker spot. You know, David Bend is stepping into a starting role. And I, I think that's one of those deals where you really would have liked Maurice Blackwell to at least be an option there because he's a former safety, because he's got that kind of hybrid skill set. You can almost put him on the field, BK, and basically play like a big dime package. Basically, that's kind of what I call Maurice Blackwell. I kind of call him a dime linebacker or, uh, you know, just kind of one of those uh, a box dime safety or whatever. Uh, really unique skill set. So I think you can maybe attack David Benda in the quick game. And then that field corner. I mean, look, you you don't if you're Rice, you don't want to test Ryan Watts. Like you know what Ryan Watts is and what he's not. You know how, how you can have success with him, and you know where you're just going to be, you know, going number one in the win. I would try to attack whether it's Terrence Brooks, the freshman Malik Muhammad, Gavin Holmes is going to get some run at that field corner. So I think that's the two spots. If Rice can somehow have success attacking that weak side linebacker and that field corner spot. The, those two areas offer the past, path of least resistance for Rice to run the football, Rice to throw the football. And here's another thing to think about. And I, I, I've been aware, I've, I've been aware of this. I've written about it throughout the off season. Keep in mind the clock rules, right? Clock in college football, clock doesn't stop on a first down unless you're inside the last two minutes. Man, if Rice can get some first downs and just slow the tempo, now you're really talking about being able to milk some clock and limit some possession. So if you're Rice, look. I don't – a path to victory, there isn't one really. But that's how you can muck this game up a little bit is keep Texas offense off the field, maybe milk some clock, you know, try to make Jeff Choate and Pete Kwiatkowski go to some substitutions, Terry Joseph go to some substitutions maybe earlier than they wanted to. So th- that's that's how I would do it if I'm Rice. Now, do you do you see Jeff – I mean, we saw Texas last year. They substituted a lot on, on the defensive line. They're going to do that anyway. That's a part – that's their MO yeah. is substitutions with the big guys. A lot, so uh, they're going to and they're going to doubly have to do that because of the heat tomorrow. Both teams will have to do that, but Texas is used to substituting guys. Guys are used to coming off the bench, ready to go, ready to play. And let me ask you about the field and boundary corners. I mean, although Texas is set with their boundary corner, you know, I thought he was good. I didn't think he was great last year. But these young guys to the to the field side, those guys have the capabilities of being great, don't they? I mean, you're yeah. going to test. You're going to definitely test them first. But you could be making a mistake going out towards those guys, more so than even going into the short boundary with your boundary corner, right? Yeah, Ryan Watts, if you're Rice, Ryan Watts, you don't have the type of guy that could give him problems. You know, mm-hmm. if, he, if he gets his hands on you at the line of scrimmage, oh, you're yeah. talking about a 6'3", 205-pound corner with length. If he gets his hands on you at the LOS, you can't get off the jam. It's over. Nothing's happening. But you don't have a – you know, Alabama probably going to have a couple of these guys. You, sure. you can go down the list of Big 12 teams that have them. If you've got a guy that's got really good short area quickness, you can get him on a double move. That's the kind of guy that's going to give Ryan Watts some problems. I don't think Rice really has one of those guys. Uh, as far as the field corner, I think Terrence Brooks will be the first guy out. But, you know, you'll see um, Terrence Brooks can also play boundaries. So how they rotate at those corners, Bucky, that's what I'm really looking to see. You know, that first rotation, is it is it Watts on the field with Malik Muhammad? Is it Terrence Brooks going to 
the boundary side and then Manny Muhammad coming into the field? Is it, do you see Manny Muhammad at the boundary and Gavin Holmes at the field? Because Gavin Holmes, yeah, he's a newcomer, but this guy played a lot of football at Wake Forest. So yes. that's one of those deals Sark has been talking about all week. I think there's there's really three position groups where, where he's looked at it. Corner is one of them. Wide receiver is another. And running back is the other one. You know you're going to play a lot of guys. You're going to have to play a lot of guys. How you rotate those guys in is going to be what, what we're looking to see. You know, at running back, whether it's C.J. Baxter or Jonathan Brooks starting, you know you're going to see a lot of both of them. You know you're going right. to see a lot of Keelan Robinson. You'll see some of Jaden Blue tomorrow. Uh, at the wide receiver position, outside of those top three with Mitchell and Worthy and Whittington, you know you'll see Jonte Cook tomorrow. You know you're going to see Isaiah Nayer make his Texas debut. So you'll see a lot of guys. You'll see a lot of guys tomorrow that you probably won't see a lot the rest of the year. So if you're a Texas fan, get a program on your way to the stadium. You'll need to know the roster. Like you mentioned those defensive line, those defensive linemen, Bucky. Like you're going to you're gonna know who Zach Swanson is after tomorrow. You're going to know Aaron Bryant and, and some of these young cats, Sadir Mitchell, uh, that they're either newcomers or guys that were red shirts last year. So yeah, you'll, you'll see a ton of guys playing tomorrow. But those three positions, how they rotate, what those rotations look like, yeah. that's going to be one of those deals to track it and then see how different does that look when you get to Tuscaloosa next Saturday. Let me ask you a little follow-up on that. I, I told BK, I thought this secondary, by the time midseason comes, will be in the top 10 secondaries in the country. Are they that good all around? If Jalen Catalan stays healthy, they got a chance. That's the key, man. I, I, hmm. Don't don't sleep on how good he was in 2020 at Arkansas as a redshirt freshman. I mean, go back and watch the tape, pull up the pro football He's focus numbers, talk to coaches in that league. Dude was on his way to being one of the best defensive players in the SEC, period. Forget one of the best safeties. He was on his way to being one of the best defensive players in the SEC. But, you know, the injuries piled up. But uh, I'll credit Sark and the, the training staff and, and PK and the defensive staff. They did a really good job at really, honestly, Bucky, no joke, load management with Jalen Cattle. Oh, yeah. Making sure, hey, you know, if, you're, if your practice structure is to where you're going contact on back-to-back days, he's not going contact on back-to-back days and making sure that he's ready for those days when you need to go full contact because you only get a couple of practices now in the preseason where you can tackle to the ground, make sure that you've got him revved up and ready to go for those. Uh, but you'll see him in that mix at safety tomorrow with Jaron Thompson. You'll see Keaton Crawford. You know, Derek Williams is a true freshman that under normal circumstances, we would see a lot of Derek Williams tomorrow. And maybe we do because it's Rice, but you know, Derek Williams isn't going to get near the the snap totals that he would otherwise sure. because you're so deep with better safeties. But uh, to answer the question, Buck, yeah, I, I think if Catalan stays healthy and then the, the guy I'm watching, I've been a big Terrence Brooks fan. I've been a big Terrence Brooks supporter. Right. But, dude, it's been a while since Texas has had a guy like Malik Muhammad that just understands how to track the football, can finish plays. That's the name of the game now, man. When you talk about these clock rules, limiting your total number of plays, uh, can it limit possessions, especially like those end-of-half type possessions? Uh, you know, maybe it's kind of a give-and-take type deal. Can Manny Muhammad make the turnover? Can he force a fumble, get an interception that could get you that extra possession that you otherwise might not get and kind of make up for that that play discrepancy that you're going to be dealing with this year? Yeah, Jeff Howe of Horns 24-7. And now of Texas Sports Unfiltered joining us yes. here on – Bucky and BK. Jeff, Sark didn't answer the question when he was asked. I'm hoping you answer the question when I ask you. Uh, Look, Texas fans want to see all three quarterbacks play tomorrow, right? There's no doubt about it. But Sark didn't tell us who the first quarterback off the bench is going to be tomorrow. Who do you think it is, and does it really matter in the grand scheme of things, whether it's Malik Murphy who gets the second reps or Arch Manning who gets those second reps? I think it'll be Malik Murphy. 
and it doesn't really matter. Uh, those guys are going to continue to compete. And the great thing you've got with Arch is, man, you've got four games where you can use him and still maintain that year of eligibility. Right. Let's be honest. Like, at the end of the day, does anybody really expect Arch Manning to be here for five years? Probably not. No. So, and, and this is a year where you really don't need to use him. So, preserving the year of eligibility, just I think it's more about just don't throw him into the fire. Uh, you know, Malik Murphy's a guy that, you know, now that he's healthy and getting those practice reps every day, uh, from what I've been told, the staff really likes the growth that he's made. I think him more than anybody, I think, really benefited from the bowl practices last year. Number one, because he was healthy. Uh, and number two, there's really – and, Bucky, you know this being a coach. There's really like those first – that first half of bowl practice, that's really like an early spring practice for your young guys, your redshirt guys that didn't play right. a ton. Because if, as a coach, you're not really thinking about those guys. You've got a 12-game regular season to think about. Now it's like, oh, yeah, this kid that's been on our scout team, let's go ahead and, and run some scrimmages with these guys and see what it's all about. And Malik Murphy, I think, grew a lot last year doing that in the bowl practices. But I think it'll be Malik Murphy. But I, I do – I love the fact that, you know, Sark is at least publicly is saying that both these guys are going to compete and everybody can come with their arch manning conspiracy theories that, oh, Sark is going to play the higher-rated guy. Actually, if you think about it, BK, Sark has been in this situation before. Now, granted, the guy I'm going to mention isn't as talented as Arch Manning, doesn't have near as high of a ceiling. But when Jake Locker left Washington, Sark had a quarterback competition. It was Keith Price against Nick Montana, son of Joe Montana. And Keith Price ended up winning that job and actually was a really good quarterback in Washington. You go back to Sark's 2020 year at Alabama, I think everybody, myself included, assumed, all right, Bryce Young's probably going to be their starting quarterback it ends up being Mac Jones and Mac Jones ends up getting drafted in the first round because of it. And as a, as a starting quarterback in the NFL now, so Sark is not just going to play the, the more highly rated guy to curry favor with the family or, or make it look good for recruiting or whatever. He's going to play the best guy. I think that's going to be, be Malik Murphy, but I like the fact that these guys are competing because I think Sark really knows and he won't say this publicly. You can't count on two blue chip quarterbacks in the transfer portal era and in the one-time transfer era being in your program, the same two blue chip guys being in your program over the long haul. So at some point he's kind of got to go with one of these guys and see what the future looks like and, and let them compete until you figure that out. No, there's no reason to make that decision this early. Yeah. Cause one of the other ones gone, they're going to be gone. Yeah. Not, they don't all stay and graduate together and kumbaya. Somebody's going somewhere else to play football. It just happens yeah. that way. Uh, they Jeff, don't. Yeah, nobody needs to say, "Oh, Jeff said Arch Manning's transferring." No, that's I mean, not what I'm saying. It's just yeah. all of averages tells you that you know this is you've got two blue chip quarterbacks in your pipeline. Odds are both of them won't be there together for very long. Which means you still have to recruit blue chip quarterbacks every every year because of the, this is just the way of the world right now. Yeah, and that's why you got Trey Owens in, in the pipeline for uh, 2024. You got KJ Lacey for 2025. So. Yeah, start that that quarterback evaluation process. It's got to happen so early that you know there's. It's no wonder why sometimes college coaches mess it up because it's the nature of the beast. You just have to evaluate that position so early. I got. I say this all the time. You know, quarterbacks in, in the recruiting industry and what we do. I think a lot of times they're overvalued, and I think especially in the NFL draft, guys get overvalued. I mean, how often do you see a, a Christian Ponder or? Uh, Blaine Gabbard just shoot up draft boards at the last minute. And then, oh, yeah. well, this guy can't play. Like, dude, we saw him play college football for three years. Like, we knew he couldn't play. Yeah, so, no doubt yeah, about it. Just the nature of the beast that position. Yep, all eyes will still be on Quinn Ewers tomorrow. It, it doesn't yep. matter. I mean, it doesn't matter if there was a scrimmage or, or a game against Rice or Alabama. All eyes will be on him and his technique, I got to believe, tomorrow. I think all the fans that now have seen a year of this kid play or 
or games of him playing. Understand, he has to be better with his footwork, his leadership. Sure. I think his leadership, obvious. I think that's just a maturing thing of being on a college campus for a couple of years now. Not one year being overwhelmed at Ohio State, sitting around watching. But now I think all eyes will be on him and what he is as a leader, what he is as a quarterback when it comes to setting his feet, not just throwing with his arm, not just throwing off balance, making a sidearm throw, but how he handles himself, you know, with the mechanics of the quarterback position. I'll be watching for that uh, against Rice. I think most people will, will want to see that, not how he throws the bombs, you know, but how he throws the out, how he throws, you know, an inseam cut or just a hitch or whatever. I think we'll all be watching that. And I, obviously, you you know, you've, you've seen that the skim, scrimmages. He's gotten better at that part of this game. I'm glad it only took us like 13 minutes or so before Bucky starts talking about Quinn throwing them bombs. I was wondering when we were going to get there. Um, but no, like what little I got to see from, you know, the open practices that we got here and people that, you know, got to attend the, the scrimmages. Yeah, you can see some improvement. Now, obviously, that position, there's so much of it that until you see in the game, you right. really got to take it with a grain of salt. But, you know, for me, when I think about Quinn Ewers, I think a really good way for him to to kind of get his feet under him, you know, to see those mechanics, to kind of establish that baseline. Man, I'll see some quick game tomorrow. You know, come yeah. on, you know there's a way to you, – you can be a big play threat. One way is to throw the bomb down the field. But, man, if I'm smart, I want to run some shallow crosses and maybe some quick game stuff, get the ball to Xavier Worthy and Jordan Whittington on the perimeter. You know, let Jontae Cook get the ball in his hands. Uh, on a bubble screen and see what he can do. So I think that helps. You know, that, that to me goes back, Bucky, to the bowl game. One of the, the big positives that, I, that for me coming out of the Alamo Bowl was you look late in that, in that game in the second half, I, I feel like it was a really big area of growth, not just for Quinn, but for Sark. When they started taking the quick game, you know, Quinn was patient, started checking the ball down, giving, taking what the defense was giving him right. rather than just trying to, yeah, yeah, we know you can, you know, fit it into that window, you know, 35 yards down the field. That doesn't mean you need to try that every time. And from that standpoint, you know, Quinn Ewers reminds me a lot of Chris Sims. Like, we saw Chris Sims do that a lot at Texas. Like, yes, we know you have the fastball. Yes, we know you can break a receiver's index finger throwing a slant route too hard. Don't need to throw the fastball. Don't the throw the slant. Don't ever yeah. throw the slant, Chris. Yeah, you don't. You don't need to do that all the time. Like you can be patient. You can check the ball down, and, and you can use your quick game. And there's a reason why you recruit speed at the receiver position. Yes. Guys that can do damage in space. Let them go do it. So, if that is if that carries over to tomorrow, then that'll that to me will be a really good sign that Quinn and Sark took something out of that bowl game, spun it forward, and then maybe that's where you see a new kind of wrinkle in this offense, Sark just adding something to it. Jeff, I'm going to ask you a question, and I know Bucky is going to be happy that I'm asking you. Jatavion Sanders, you know, you're seeing his name pop up in first rounds of 2024 mock drafts. I don't want to say Texas fans are forgetting about this dude, but there's just so much excitement with these wide receivers, the guys that you just talked about, to where – you know, so everyone's talking more about Worthy and Whittington and A.D. Mitchell and Naor and Cook and Niblett and all these guys. What's the role for J.T. Sanders? Obviously, he was a big part of the passing game in the second half of last season. Is he going to have a bigger role this year? Is he going to be lost in the sauce a little bit because of all of the talent on the outside? Uh, what do you expect from Jatavion this season? You know, we, we've got an article right now at Horns 24-7, our staff roundtable for this week, and it was other than Quinn Ewers, who's the most indispensable player on this roster. And everybody on the staff took somebody different. Uh, you know, Chip will be on later today. I think Chip ended up taking Jalen Ford. They're right about Jalen Ford. I, I took, I claimed Jatavian Sanders really quick because to me, Kelvin Banks, Jalen Ford included, 
if you lose him, there's nothing you can do. There's nothing Sark can do to replicate what he brings to the table. As a move guy, as a tight end, you know, you watch how much split zone they run, uh, just how much split flow period they use on offense in their run game. Jatavian Sanders is a really big part of that. Uh, you know, to, to your point, BK, about the, the passing game, I think this goes back to, to something Jeff Banks mentioned uh, back when we met with him earlier in the year. You know, you look at JT's numbers, and yeah, he had 54 catches last year. Uh, I looked at the pro football focus numbers and kind of, you know, did some napkin math. 17 of his catches were at or behind the line of scrimmage. So a lot wow. of tight end screens for him last year. I think you could see that number drop because, look, let's face it, with the with the receiver talent you've got now, tight end screen has gone further down the call sheet for Sark in terms of importance. And there are better ways to use JT Sanders. Uh, you know, the the great thing with him is the versatility. You know, as a move guy, you can line him up. Obviously, you can play in line, flex him, put him in the slot. We've seen them stick him out wide, even though the the fade near the goal line is going to be the bane of my existence watching football. Uh, you can you can put him out wide and do some different things with him, uh, but. How do you match up with that guy? It's like you're, if you're if you're an opposing defensive coordinator, how do you match up with that guy? Because he's gonna be bigger and more physical than most of the safeties that you could put on him. Uh, he's gonna be faster than most of the linebackers that you're gonna ask to cover him. So really, he he's just a great mismatch, and he's really the kind of the one piece on that offense that you really, if you're an opposing defensive coordinator, you really don't have a plan for. So man. If you want to double Xavier Worthy and try to one-on-one with Jatavian Sanders, that's more like the, hey, just go with God. Just pray and just hope it works out for you or that Quinn has a bad day or something. I, I just think the the there's no – you know, we see it, BK, in the NFL. Like when you – you know, with the Chiefs have with the Travis Kelsey, uh, you know, what the Cowboys had forever with Jason Witten, when you get a true, legit, complete five-tool tight end, the matchups it creates, the problems it causes a defense, the fact, and I think there's a reason why Sark has talked about this offense can operate out of pretty much any personnel grouping because pretty much other than 10, and even you can use him as a receiver and, and a 10 personnel look and still be 11 personnel. The whole menu is open in a lot of cases because of what JT Sanders brings to the table. Well, it's interesting because there, the, there's not much difference between he and the kid from Georgia with the exception is they use the kid from Georgia. They actually use him. And this offense, they don't, they, it's, it's, they, they'll go to him every once in a while. Kid from Georgia takes reverses and goes, this guy can do the same exact thing from where he is. He's that kind of athlete that can take a reverse, that can take a sweep and go with it and get down the field. And like you said, who's going to tackle that big son of a bitch? I mean, he's a big dude that's an athlete. He came there as an athlete. Why not use him? That's, that's the separation for me from what they do with the guy at Georgia. They don't talk about it, they actually do it. And they use him a lot. And that, and he's one of the guys that could end up in New York this year. Yeah, for Mike Bobo, tight end screen's a little bit higher up on that call sheet than it would be for Sart. Uh, but, you know, BK, getting back to, to your point about how valuable he is, I think the, the one thing, we've seen him make contested catches and, and do all that stuff. And the, the one thing I like talking about with JT Sanders, I was in that boat when he was a high school prospect coming out of Denton Ryan. I was in that boat. Dude, don't mess with being a receiver. Don't mess with trying to play offense. Dude, go play defense. Go be an edge rusher. You can be a millionaire three, four years down the road until I saw him in person and watched him play receiver. I mean, this dude at 230 pounds in high school is ripping off bubble screens for 50-yard gains. And, and I'm like, dude, this dude is a freak. Like, and I asked all the time, like, who can you compare him to? I'm like, I really haven't seen anybody like him. 
at the high school level. Like there's really, there's really nobody you could compare him to. Wow. Uh, so you, you've got a guy that's just got a really, really unique skill set uh, in JT Sanders and, and how they use him. Again, Sark talks about it all the time, right? What do we hear him say? Tight end is the most important position in my offense other than quarterback. Well, now you've got a guy that you can use in truth. I, I think JT Sanders, to wrap this up, BK, I think JT Sanders could be every bit as much of the identity of this offense as Bijan was last year. Boy. That's how much I think of that skill wow. set he's got. I love yeah. that. I love that. Jeff, I know you've made your season-long predictions over there at Horns 24-7, but we need yours here on Texas Sports Unfiltered. Of course, game one is tomorrow. Uh, I, I know who you're picking to win the game tomorrow, but season predictions for Texas. How do things shake out in 2023? Do they get to Arlington? Do they win the Big 12 championship? What, uh, what do you predict happens with this bunch this season? I was going to make a joke about losing to Rice, but Bucky, do you still wake up in cold sweats some nights? <laughs> well, BK made, sure I, BK, made, BK made sure I started out the week in a cold sweat on Monday by <laughs> reminding me of that game in the 90s. Yes. Bucky sees Josh LaRocca running that option in his, in his nightmares and Indy Kalu coming off the edge. So No, I just uh, see yeah. being in the locker room when the guys are going, I'm not going back out there. I'm not, I don't. I don't want to play anymore. Hey, oh, that's good stuff. No, I've I've got Texas at ten and two. Um, you know, I'm I'm not picking. I'm gonna I'm not gonna pick them to uh, to beat Alabama just be, for no other reason than I don't pick against the goat. I just don't, man. I I would rather pick against Nick Saban. Pick pick Nick Saban and be wrong than then try to go against the goat because it seems like. Dude, every time people are like, well, maybe this is the year that Alabama slips oh, yeah. off. Maybe, maybe this is maybe Nick Saban's lost his mojo. No, that's usually year when Alabama, that's usually when Alabama puts together a, a really good year and makes a run at a national championship. Uh, that dining, it's, it's amazing what he's done. But I don't pick against Nick Saban, and I think there's going to be one. I know you know the TCU game is is one that fashionably I think people are picking for for an upset you know on the road, but. Uh, I, one of those road games in conference, I think is going to get Texas because that's, you know, again, I, I wrote this uh, on Monday in my three things. I know three things. I think Tom, I, I know that the ceiling of this team is going to be determined by Steve Sarkeesian's growth. And one of those growth areas has to be, can you start winning road games consistently? Uh-huh. You know, that's why I think you know, the, the K state game last year, if this ends up being the kind of year that we think it's going to be, that it has a chance to be, Go back to that K-State game on the road last year and the way they were able to win a ball game against a really good opponent on the road. Yes, I know Adrian Martinez was playing quarterback, which probably increased your odds of winning that game, but I digress. That could be a really big turning point for Sark and his team if this thing takes that kind of trajectory. But that's a growth area for Sark. Can you can you win those games on the road? And, Bucky, I'm with you 100% because guess what? Through a 12-game regular season, Quinn Ewers isn't going to be great every week. I mean, we saw seasons where – Colt McCoy had an off game. Vince Young had an off game. You're, you're going to see one game where point just doesn't happen. There's yeah. going to be a game. There's going to be a game where your defense doesn't travel, or, or whatever the case is. Can Sark make the kind of adjustments, have the kind of feel for his team, and the kind of feel for the game that can get you through that game when maybe you you bring your C game, but you still win one anyway. Yeah, you still win, and you and you win kind of going. You know, it's not a dog fight. You win because the coach won the game for you. It's, I, I still say, Jeff, he'll have to win two games by his coaching this year, where he makes the call. He, he calls a timeout. He does something that we can all say, Sark, we just won the game for the football team. I know the players execute the plays, but we're going to look back and say, here's two games that this coach won because of his play calling and what he did as a head coach. I think they're going to have to have two of those. One will be if they do win at Alabama. This won't be just yeah. a team thing. This will be, you know, 
Sark knowing and understanding, you know, his mentor, Nick Saban, and this football team understanding Sark and him making the call that wins the game. So I think he's got two of those. You go look to at Sark's resume, like one of the areas where he struggled is the guys that you consider kind of upper tier coaches based on their histories. Mm-hmm. He struggled against those guys, even going back to his time in, in the Pac-12, whether it's you know coaching against Chip Kelly or David Shaw you know, in the Big 12 against against Mike Gundy. I mean, there's been really good coaches that Sark has struggled against in his career. So uh, getting that turn around. BK, what was that Nebraska stat you gave earlier about how many, how many one-score games they've lost? Oh, I think they're at uh, 26 one-score losses now since 2018. And they've also Jeez. blown more second-half leads than any team in college football in that same span. So basically, Sark's 2021 is Nebraska football for the last half yes. decade. Is basically what you're telling me. Yeah. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. There aren't there aren't a lot of programs and fan bases that have it worse than we do, but Nebraska has it worse than we do. It's it's been a wreck, and that wreck continued last night. It is Jeff, so you're the man. Jeff. You're the man, Jeff. Happy to have you. Excited for the three to Pumped, five. Man. Show. Pumped to be here. And uh, thanks so much for joining us today. And obviously, we'll we'll continue to send people to uh, Horns 24-7 as well. But appreciate your time this morning, brother, and look forward to seeing you and hearing more of you on Texas Sports Unfiltered. All right. Thanks, guys. All right, buddy. Have a great day. There he goes, the great Jeff Howe. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Horns 24-7. How about that? Another new addition. Come on, baby. We're not messing around. Wow. We're not messing around here. I noticed that. Taking no prisoners. How about this comment? I agree. Thank you. But don't tell us that. Don't tell the people watching us that. Tell other people that. Yeah, baby. We need more people. Tuned in because you're right, JSD. Like, that's if people listen to us and they check us out, they're going to feel the exact same way that you do. We just, uh, we need y'all to help us spread the word a little bit more with what we have going on. Same thing, DM. We're glad you found us too. Tell your friends, tell your enemies, as Chip Brown says, tell your friends and enemies. Tell everybody, everybody you know, tell people you don't know. Go up to a homeless guy on the streets and tell him, him find him an app. Steal somebody's phone and download Texas Sports Unfiltered. You hobo. Nah, don't, 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 I guess don't promote that. And hopefully they're not stealing anybody's phones down there. But oh, uh, you have Jeff, man. This is going to be an awful lot of fun. It is, man. It is. Yeah, the three to five show starting on Monday. It'll be a rotating cast of characters, but we wanted to give y'all an afternoon presence for uh, for some of your drive home. So we will have that once again beginning on Monday. A reminder. Hanging with Harge. That's right. Mike Harge. That was the big announcement yesterday. He's going to be starting his new show on Monday. It'll be from 11 to noon every day, a one-hour solo show. But Mike's going to have a ton of great guests, phenomenal conversations with fantastic people around the sports world and beyond. Uh, That's going to be a fun show, too. I'm telling you, we're going to set this thing up to where 
you don't have to go from Texas Sports Unfiltered somewhere else and then back oh, and no. forth. We're going to set it up to where you just pop on the YouTube or you open up the Texas Sports Unfiltered app and you just keep that thing rolling all day, every day. Including game day. Including game day. That's right. Oh, the yeah. pregame show. We'll have a pregame show and a postgame show tomorrow. And uh, Grant asked a good question. No watch party for the game tomorrow, but uh, we might get some together for Alabama next week. We might oh, yeah. have to do some uh, TSU watch parties for some of these Longhorn games this season. So we've got more big things planned for Texas Sports Unfiltered, and we're really, really excited about it, Buck. Yeah, no doubt. There's no doubt about it. I'm, I'm excited for. I mean, I've got a high school game tonight. I got, of course, Lake Travis uh, playing tonight. And uh, and then, of course, tomorrow, you and I will be doing a two-hour pregame show, uninterrupted. There will be no commercials within that. So you don't have to sit back and wait four minutes till they start talking football again. We will do this for two hours, not an hour, but for two hours. And we'll be at Covert out in B Cave. And we're so excited for, for doing uh, doing that show out there. And then our Friday meet and greets, of course, starting next week at out for the Alabama game. We'll be out there for an hour. Michael Griffin will join us talking some Texas-Alabama football, taking pictures with Michael out there in beautiful Bee Cave, out there at the Covert Compound, uh, three dealerships out there, beautiful. And we're, we're just looking forward to doing these things. I'm, I'm excited about it. I'm excited to be unfiltered and be able to talk, you know, Texas football, Texas sports, uh, the NFL you know, the Dallas Cowboys, we're going to talk about that. We'll be talking about the Texans. We'll be talking about my Minnesota Vikings. Nobody cares. It's like talking about this guy right here. Oh, no. And why wouldn't you be talking about this guy right here? Does it make any sense? They lost again last night. Why would we talk about the Yankees because and you know, Derek Jeter? They suck. We need Mookie Betts. That dude's on fire, that old man. You're that not- guy is out of his mind. Why can't we get a guy like Mookie Betts instead of taking Aaron Judge and running him through the wall and the fences hurting his foot? Let Mookie Betts do those things. He's not going to clum- be a clumsy guy, fall through, and be out for half the season. It wouldn't happen if this guy right here, the captain, was the manager of the team. You know Mookie Betts has no interest in playing for the losers in New York right now, right? He's happy in L.A. They actually are going to make the playoffs this year. They actually have a chance to, you know, win a World Series this year. They've actually won a World Series in the last, you know, decade or so, (laughs) unlike your bunch up in New York. You know where your Yankees are playing this weekend, right, Buck? Who are we going to destroy this weekend? Who are you going to destroy this weekend? You're going to get destroyed by your daddies down in Houston. Oh, no. We got to make a road trip there? Yeah. You mean they'll be banging, they'll be banging cans and, and throwing out the garbage and everything? Can't hey, wait. They're not doing that anymore, and they're oh, still kicking oh, oh. the Yankees' ass every single time they play. They're not banging them cans anymore? No, and the real Yankees daddy, Justin Verlander, is pitching tonight. He has oh, owned man. the Yankees in his career, and he gets the ball for the Astros uh, tonight. Yeah, three-game set. Obviously, the race in the AL West continues to be hectic. The Rangers opening up a series against Minnesota back in Arlington and Seattle opening a series in New York against the Mets. So uh, we'll see what happens right now. The Astros and Mariners tied for first place in the American League West. The Rangers sitting one game back with just over a month to play. Uh, Man, it is awesome in baseball. So we'll talk some baseball too. Obviously, football, football season's here. It's going to be the majority of our content. You guys know that. But 
man, this uh, this AOS race down the stretch is going to be a ton of fun. Obviously, playoff baseball this year is going to be spectacular. There's so many good teams across the league. We'll make sure to get our uh, diamond talk. Having Harge on the program is uh, is big for that too. That's that's going to be great. So, is it, was it Ronald Acuna who got married at the game yesterday? I didn't the, see for, that for the Atlanta Braves. Dude married his longtime girlfriend at the ballpark. Really? Come on, dude. What is wrong with you? He didn't propose there. He got married there. I think he got married at the joint. I didn't see that because they were playing in L.A. yesterday. Well, so he got married in L.A. on the road. Oh, who's the young dude who got married to his longtime girl? Who's the dude with the who's at the, the Padres? Oh, what Machado? Somebody got married at the ballpark. One of these clowns thought it would be nice to have his wedding at the ballpark. Come on. Oh, it's it's bad enough proposing, you know, on the big screen at these ballparks. But if you're marrying your chick at the ballpark, you are a loser. (laughs) I mean, serious. But you know who's a winner? My folks and friends at Relax the Back. You know, for all these years of this bad back and this jacked up back that I've had, I've, I've needed comfort. But let me tell you about the Labor Day sales, BK, right now. They're going on throughout the rest of the week and into Monday, of course. $400, $400 off select office chairs, $500 off zero gravity chairs, of course, at Relax the Back, and up to $700 off adjustable mattress sets, plus $500 off select massage chairs. Go to their two locations in BK at Hill Country Gallery across from Whole Foods, and, of course, in Austin at the Gateway Shopping Center across from the Container Store. Nobody does it like Relax the Back. Live pain-free just like the buck at Relax the Back. Absolutely. Shout out to them. Shout out to our friends at CentexTickets.com. Our guy Glenn got his tickets. He will be in the stadium tomorrow thanks to our friends at CentexTickets.com. If you're trying to be a DKR, all you got to do is log on to CentexTickets.com and buy some tickets. They've got Texas Rice tickets. They've got tickets to every Longhorn game this season, and it's not just the Longhorns. If you're an Aggie fan, if you're a Texas Tech fan, OU, whatever college you root for, they've got college football tickets on site, plus the NFL, Major League Baseball, the NBA, Formula One, Austin City Limits, all of the great events we have coming to Central Texas in the not-too-distant future. You can get in there thanks to CentexTickets.com. And shout-out to 7-Eleven as well. That's right. Fuel up for a game day. At 7-Eleven, get your beer, get your snacks. It's hot as hell. You know, how about this for an idea? If you're going to tailgate tomorrow, stop by 7-Eleven, get a Slurpee, drink some of it, pour your booze in there. (laughs) Big gulp. (laughs) You've got your mixed drink and you're staying cold thanks to our friends at 7-Eleven. I don't know if they want me promoting that stuff. I'm going to promote it anyways. Make sure you're 21 or older if you're doing something like that. Responsibly, Uh, please. Yes, of course. Go to 7-Eleven and fuel up for game day. Uh, Hope you feel like a jerk, Buck, because it was Ronald Acuna Jr. who did get married in L.A. yesterday. The superstar, the frontrunner for National League MVP in Major League Baseball this year. He was going to get married this offseason, but his fiance's visa was set to expire, which – was going to mean that she was going to have to go back home, and also their three kids were going to have to go back home too. Well, take so, the kids back home and get married. Don't get married at the damn ballpark. Well, he's playing. What, he can't leave in the middle of the season? Take a week off. Come on, Ronald. You guys are it, killing it anyway. 
No, she's got to be here. If she goes back, then she can't go back into the country. She's got to stay here, get married legally here, so she can be, I don't know if it's a citizen, but I guess that keeps her here in the States. Yeah, well, my man Javier could have got her back. Let me tell you that right now. Oh, is that what he does oh, now? Oh, let me tell you. <laughs> he could have got her back. Well, Not he's, a problem. So he's, he's doing yard work for you, and he's bringing people across the border illegally? <laughs> he's got a spot somewhere. Come on now. Oh, my God. Those he's are his two jobs. You, okay. you just ratted your boy Javier, man. You just basically Nobody told the public. Him. Come on, man. He's a good friend of mine. We're friends. He doesn't just work, does some things for me. We are pals, okay? Yeah, He's right. A of mine. How many of your other friends do you pay to do yard work? Wait a minute. Not many. <laughs> just that cat for years and years on. Let me ask you this. Is Javier a length guy or a girth guy? Is he team length or team girth? Because I know girth. you know. Team girth. <laughs> okay. I know you're always looking over at people's watches when you're next to them in the urinal. So <laughs> just having conversation, just peaceful conversation with people. I'm a man of the people. I have to get to know the people. I don't have a watchful eye on the people. No. But I do talk. I do have I do have bathroom chatter, except for in the stalls, none whatsoever. Only at the urinals do I have chatter. Yeah. It's still bad, man. That's a bad bit right there, I dude. That. I don't understand. I still don't understand. You know, is it just business only when you're at the urinal? Yeah. To ask the guy about how his day is going? It's my rule is if you're friends with the guy, you can talk to the guy. Okay. Right. Like if, if you walk in there and somebody you know happens to be taking a leak at the urinal next to you and you yeah. say, What's up? That's kosher. Don't stick your hand out there, guy. Don't shake hands with him. Guy. No. No Joe Buck and Josh Harris situation. <laughs> but if it's a rando. Yeah, rando from the building. No, you can't. You can't do that. If it's a random person that you've never met before, you cannot strike up idle conversation at the urinal. That That is unacceptable. I mean, if, you have, if you're going like strangers through the night, you're going passing, but you end up at the urinal, but you've passed by this person on numerous occasions and you've always said hello to him. When you're in the urinal, you can't just reach and I'd reach around. I mean, look around, just say, <laughs> look, 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 you can't say, hey, what's up? How's your day going so far? No. If it's someone you know, you're describing somebody you know. You can't do a reach around, dude. No. <laughs> Not at the workplace. Save that at home with your wife. Don't be doing that glory hole stuff. Golly. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Hey, Lee Sterling from Paramount Sports is going to join us here in a minute to give you uh, his picks for the college football weekend, and we'll be talking to Lee all season long. That's right, every Friday at 9.15, Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports will be joining us to uh, to talk college and pro football. Of course, the NFL gets going next weekend, so uh, we'll have Lee's NFL picks for your cousins yes, out indeed. there too. And a little bit later today, Buck, um, We've got a video that I've got to show you of a massive brawl outside of a porta potty at a concert. It's not been in Pennsylvania. It was not in Pennsylvania. It was at a country music concert, I think in Carolina. I got to double check the location of where this thing took place. But we've got a, a video of this, and I think you were going to find it hilarious, man. It is, oh my God, we got to get your thoughts on that for sure. But right now, it's time to bring on one of our favorites. 
oh man, this guy is the very best in the business and he is going to make you some money this football season. 28 of the last 29 seasons, he's been a winner, which means you've been a winner if you've signed up with him at ParamountSports.com. This dude is a great friend of both of ours and we're super excited. He's a part of the Texas Sports Unfiltered family. The great Lee Sterling from ParamountSports.com joining us for his first visit this year. What's up, Lee? Excited to be on with you guys and <laughs> excited for football to start. I couldn't take any more soccer. I mean, I, I know everyone's excited. I'm here in Miami about Messi. Um, it's nice, but I can't watch more than 10 minutes of a soccer game. Can you guys? Uh, uh, I'm a soccer dad. I've been I've been through the ringer in soccer, believe me. So, yeah, soccer is soccer is OK. It is wonderful for kids to start in the process of being an athlete, but Right. I mean, on a on a on a athletic basis, when it comes to pro, no, not really, not the no. whole thing, not the whole thing. Lee, it is so glad to have you on board. It's good to see you, yeah. and I and 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 you know my my prayers still go out to the Cohen family. I know how close you are, you know, yeah. with the Cohen family and their loss last year. It it really it really has been a, a real real struggle, and and I know missing one of your dear friends. Yeah, um, Bill for Bill lost his brother. I lost. My younger sister, a little over ten years ago, to breast cancer. So uh, it's cruel. It you know it you know yeah. what they say. It's it's a it's a fraternity you never want to join. So that's right. Um, it's, yeah. it's 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 horrible. So you just deal with it. You just try to keep their memory memory you know uh, you know going along. But um, thank you. Know what football's here. I mean, I had a great summer. My oldest daughter got engaged. So nice. That's the good news. Um, we probably like, I hate to say this, but we probably like uh, the boyfriend now, fiance, better than her. But she's one of those <laughs> she's just wound so tight. And once every couple months, she just has a rough day. Uh, he's easygoing. Former UM player, played center, an attorney. Um, uh, and Gosh. so excited for them. And uh, I got a win because uh, looking at a wedding probably. Wow. About two years from now, they want to get married summer of 2025 right now. So I got to got to ha- keep winning and um, also <laughs> well. celebrated not only my 30th anniversary this this summer. It's also my 30th anniversary being in business. So uh, if anyone had any type of um, probably feeling pretty good. Yeah. Well, well, let's get us some winners, man. We need some winners yeah. here. Absolutely. Yeah, let's get to the games for week one, Lee. We've got some good ones this weekend. We'll start with some of the ones in the state of Texas, though. Baylor and Texas State. You know, two years ago, Baylor was awesome. They were playing for a Sugar Bowl last year, a disappointing year for the Bears. They welcomed Texas State for their opener. Baylor about a 27-point favorite. What do you like about this one, Lee? So Texas State just totally, outside of Colorado, we talk about a team that does last few years just, turned over the roster. That's Texas State. I think they're going to get better. Um, Lee Hornsby and also T.J. Finley, who knows who's going to be the starter. Maybe both end up playing. But the problem is they just got to have too much turnover. It, it's tough that first game. Bucky can tell you, you're on the sidelines and you got brand-new coaches. And I think uh, G, G.J. Kinney's going to do a good job. But you're trying to get plays in and out, the right personnel, it's you just can't recreate it in, in scrimmages. So that's a problem here. And I just think the line play, I think that's where the difference here is. 
Um, when you get Division One kids that have, you know, played at that level and they're playing against guys that might be starting for the first time that transferred or coming from the junior college ranks here. So I'm a Texas State guy, but uh, they're going to be up against it. I like Baylor here, 48-13. Good call. Yeah. Good call, Lee. Buck, you got the next one? How about uh, let, let's talk about uh, speaking of Texas and the state of Texas. How about the Texas A&M Fighting Aggies get an opportunity to play New Mexico State? Lee, that's a that's a lot of points right there, and a lot a lot of a lot of people looking for Texas A&M to. I'm not even going to say bounce back because they never really bounced back. They never they were never anywhere to bounce back from. So uh, the the Aggies this year and the new play caller and, and what do you think that's going to look like? Oh, I, I think that they're going to come out of the gate strong. Last year, it just started from that first game. It was like they were in a funk. Uh, then they had injuries and they had suspensions. It seemed like it never stopped. It was a never-ending story. Um, I know no, you guys enjoyed that, but uh, oh. <laughs> Bill Cohen, I mean, I'd never seen – you talk about a guy that suffered. I was getting texts <laughs> at 4 or 5 in the morning. I mean, this wow. guy just couldn't take it. So he'll be down here actually next week. That Well, He's rumored to be flying down to Miami for the for the Miami game. We'll see if he actually makes it. But I think they're going to start off stronger this year. So I think with Connor Wegman, I think he's the right choice. I said last year when you have three guys you're undecided with, that's a problem. Uh, they're going to go uh, running back by a committee. The guys that are scary good. I mean, Evan Stewart, here's a guy. He's been playing in the NFL. He's a potential number one receiver for an NFL team. Nice Smith, also real good. Um, he's looking to bounce back. But New Mexico, you talk about a team that has problems here. They were 2-10 and 10 last year. Things were so bad. Rocky Long, who I love, great defensive coordinator. He's head coach here, San Diego State. Then he came back here as a defensive coordinator. He even left. What does that tell you? They have got some big problems here. I, I don't know if they score in this game here. Texas A&M, 65 I'll be generous. I was going to say goose eggs, New Mexico three. Wow. 65. Romper room special. My Romper yeah. room special. I'm That's sure there won't be any overreacting going on in College Station, too, uh, if, if that one happens, Lee. You know, last year was a pretty fun year for Texas fans. We wish we were a little bit better, but watching AM struggle and watching Oklahoma struggle was uh, quite enjoyable for us. Year two for Brent Venables in Norman. They open up against a cupcake, Arkansas State. The Sooners five touchdown favorites in that one. What's your lean in this game? So Oklahoma, another team that started really slow last year. You know, they had to bring in a new quarterback, and 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 I like the kid. I, I think that he is – I mean, running a quick offense, and it's important. They're, they might be one of those teams that still is able to put up some big numbers. You know, now when you get a first down, they keep the clock rolling except for the last two minutes of the second and the fourth quarter. So that's important to, to, to take into your handicapping. We're going to see about seven or eight less plays per game, probably – somewhere in the neighborhood of two and a half to three less points scored per game because of that. So I, I think that Oklahoma is going to come out strong. They got to figure the defense out. I still think they're going to have trouble against good defensive teams, but I think they'll have success against this team. Arkansas state lost almost everyone across all major facets of their defense here. And uh, teams like Arkansas state have trouble against good offenses. I like Oklahoma. I think they win big two here. I like them 
Freud are some big numbers early, Lee. Yeah. You got uh, a, a team that I'm very interested in, and that would be the TCU Horn Frogs and Sonny Dykes, because I think that guy can just flat out coach. He's losing yeah. a lot of players on defense. He's got NFL players that are now gone. He's got to replace a pretty good offensive line. But Deion Sanders' group at Colorado, that group, if that group wins three games, it'll be a miracle this season. And the line is big. But I like I, I don't mind the big line. I think TCU overwhelms them. What do you what do you think about this game? I agree with you 100 percent, Bucky. I think coaches and you got to look at the psychological way coaches approach this. You put in how many years did you coach, Bucky? Over 20 years. OK, most coaches spend a minimum of 10 to 15 years before they become a head coach. Do you think they want some guy coming in, no matter who it is coming in and off the streets? Getting that head coaching job after one or two years? Absolutely not. They're going to keep in their starters a little bit longer. The quarterback, Chandler Morris, he's a talent. I mean, if he doesn't get hurt, he's their guy last year. So talk about Sonny Dykes. I think he prepares his team well. I think they're motivated. They don't commit many turnovers. They just got caught in the perfect storm last year. I think they're down a little bit in people's minds because they lost to Georgia. Those kids on Georgia, they're like at a different level. You watch when you go to an SEC game and you see a Georgia or an Alabama kid on the offensive, defensive line or linebackers, you're on the field. You're like, whoa, different level. And Texas, trust me, uh, as big and as strong as they have, the first year might be tough. I like TCU here. I think they're going to lay one on Coach Prime here, blowout city here. TCU, 48, Coach Prime. Eight, 48 eight. Wow. Wow. Lee <laughs> Sterling, ParamountSports.com joining us here, brought to you by Joe Cohen and Son Jewelers. Uh, a couple more for you real quick here, Lee. The big game this weekend, a top 10 matchup. The only one we've got, LSU against Florida State in Orlando. The Tigers, a two-point favorite. What are you feeling here? Yeah, so both teams might be a tad overrated. I thought, in my opinion, they should have been ranked between maybe 12 to 15. Uh, they're both in the top 10. They both reloaded with the transfer portal, hit it really hard. So this is one of those games I'm going to play, but not real strong. I like the total better. I like the over. Here's why. Two really good quarterbacks. Jordan Travis can run and pass really well at a high level. But Jaden Daniels, when he gets hot, he can hit 10, 12, 13 in a row. And we're talking about right on the money. You don't see that too often from a college quarterback. And he can also run – at a high level, maybe even a little bit better than Jordan Travis. Last year's game, I thought that uh, Brian Kelly made a couple tactical mistakes in that game, his first game with LSU. You know, we talked about getting acclimated, getting guys in and out. But he made some poor decisions there as far as personnel, uh, when to punt, when to go for it. I think he'll be, you know, he knows his personnel now. He knows his coaches, has more trust in them. So uh, I think that's a big factor in the game here. And here's something about FSU. Last year, they got to face five backup quarterbacks. You don't see that too often wow. in college football. Last year, FSU was the hunter. They were coming off a five and seven year. No one was paying attention to them. This year, they're being hunted. Let's go with the over biggest, over 56 total points in that game. That's my strongest play. Slight lean to LSU, 34-30. Interesting, Lee, in the game that will be played here, the Texas Longhorns versus Rice. This is a Rice team that – is going to be undermanned. We all know that talent-wise. Uh, Quinn Ewers, I mean, does he start out his season because of what, uh, you know, some of the things that happened to him last year? 
his second year as a starting quarterback now. I mean, will we see the maturity in him that this just talent-wise, just Texas is just too much for Rice at all at all phases of the game. I I, I don't know where Rice wins the game at all. So the That's last two times they played powerhouses, right? Mm-hmm. Rice lost to USC 66-14. Two years ago, they lost to Texas 58-0. And if you remember, it wasn't like Texas scored late. They did not score a point in the fourth quarter. I think Texas is going to try to show the deep passing game in this game. They want to put in Alabama's mind they got to fear the big play. And yep. then I think they're going to go underneath more, not not dinking and dunking. I think they'll use more slants, uh, more dig routes, um, curls, things like that, and play under the zone. So that's important. And like I said, also, Rice, JT Daniels. How about this? It's the third time he's faced Texas with three different teams. Started off at USC. I mean, he's. I think he was a five-star player. He oh, ends yeah. up transferring to Georgia. Doesn't see the field, goes to West Virginia, and now Rice. Started off at USC, and he's now at Rice here. This is a team here, wow. I mean, they they can't get to the quarterback. Defensive line, not very good. If you don't get to the quarterback, I expect when you just have a big game here. Another romper room special here. I like <laughs> Texas here. 61-13. The very romper room special. Lee, I know we got to let you go here. I know you're busy. But I got to ask you about the Utah, the Utes last night. Do you like what you see yeah. from this team, even with their backup quarterback last night? Is this just a team that's physically and tough-minded throughout the entire football program? Oh, yeah. I mean, what Kyle Whittingham's done, you got to love him as a coach. Really good assistance, too, and great special teams. What's interesting is the last couple years, you think, you know, they're routinely top 20 special teams, Bucky. Last two years, they've been between 100 and 115 in special teams. They get that straightened out. They're wow. going to be really good. So they were playing last night with a third and a four-string quarterback. You know, they <laughs> get Cam Rising back, get that tight end back who might mm-hmm. be a first or second round pick. Look out. They might be a team that might be able, you know, USC has the flash and the dash and the best quarterback in the conference, maybe the number one pick. But you win championships with defense in Utah has that. I don't think they can win a national championship against an Alabama, you know, uh, some of these other top teams, Georgia. I like Texas as a sleeper this year, but I think they have a chance to get into the uh, semifinals. So look out for mm-hmm. Utah. Great coaching staff and, 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 and kids know how to play. Florida's in real trouble. Let me tell you something. Yes. Sunbelt Billy. Wow. Sunbelt Billy. <laughs> yeah, I know he has some good recruits coming up next year and the year after. But used to be you got four or five years. You signed a four or five year contract. They gave you a full four or five years. Not anymore. If they they might go three and nine this year. They are that bad. Wow. If if he doesn't win four or five games, his recruits might be uh, flying the coop and going somewhere else. So wow, Ward is in trouble. I like their young receivers, but they have no quarter. It was so bad. Jack Miller is so bad. The kid that transferred from Ohio State that they ended up giving Graham Mertz. Ethel, Ethel's uh, uh, son. Uh, David, uh, son. David to huh? that? <laughs> oh, yeah. From I Love Lucy, the Mertzes. Yeah. Uh, they ended up giving Graham Mertz to start. They knew he's a starter after two two practices. So wow. um, oh. Florida's in trouble. Yeah. 
Lee, we've got the uh, 30-year anniversary logo for Paramount Sports on the screen right now. Tell people if they want to get your picks and win some money this season, how can they find you? Two ways to win. First, go to Joe Cohen and Sun Jeweler. He's sponsoring the segment. Bill is second to none. Great guy, great family. They've been in business 140 years. Whatever you want, whatever you need, he'll get it for you. Uh, He's fair. Been in business. I mean, I've been in business 30 years. He's been in business, his family, 140 years. That's got to be one of the top two businesses maybe in the country in this business. So um, great guy, great family, great product. Uh, You can trust in him. If he makes it down to South Beach, that's a different story next week. So uh, <laughs> it's like 50-50 at best. He comes here in those cowboy boots, South Beach, he won't last here. So um, they want to get involved. Go to the new website. We revamped the new website. Have a bunch of videos up there. You want to see some other games like uh, Washington and Boise State, North Carolina and South Carolina. Check out two teams, really good quarterbacks. Check out those videos, and we've got specials a month, $3.97, the entire season, $11.97, or we've got three big UFC fights. We rank our selections from 10 to 50 units. We have a rare 50-unit best bet. We are 14-2 and two on these in the UFC the last seven months. I know there, there's Brad going, anything, any big play, oh, yeah. I'm ready to go. I'll text it to you soon, Brad. Um, that's 25 bucks for three selections in the UFC. Check us out, ParamountSports.com. The best in the business. Lee, so great having you on here at Texas Sports Unfiltered. Thank you for the time, my friend, and we'll talk next week. Have a safe weekend, my friend. You too, guys. See you. There he goes, Lee Sterling. And once again, that segment brought to you by Joe Cohen and Son Jewelers. Want to give them some love. I was in the store yesterday. It is awesome, man. It's beautiful. They've got a massive selection of engagement rings, wedding bands, watches, necklaces, pendants, everything. Every piece of jewelry you could need, they've got it right in the heart of downtown, 6th and Congress. And I was talking to Bill yesterday, and, man, it's all about the people. Like, Oh, yeah. You know, people people have jewelry, right? There, there are jewelry stores all over the place. I get it. But the people, that's the difference at Joe Cohen and Son Jewelers. Bill's a great guy, super easy to talk to. And like Lee said, been in business for 140 years. You don't stay in business for that long unless you're trustworthy, unless people like you and believe in you. That's what you get. First-class experience all the time at Joe Cohen and Son Jeweler right in the heart of downtown. Go see them. Tell them you heard about it on Texas Sports Unfiltered. And great to have Lee Sterling on. Check his work out at ParamountSports.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Telling you, man, nobody better in the business. A lot of people tell you they can uh, they can handicap these games. I'm nobody a handicapper. Let me just tell you, I'm yeah. a handicapper. Nobody wants your picks, dude. <laughs> People people want Lee's picks. Nobody wants your picks, dude. Bro. All right. Hey, I tell you who somebody wants, though. They want A-B consultations. Tom McKay and his wonderful staff. You know, you're getting ready for a big college weekend, NFL weekend next week. Audiovisual consultation, one of the largest dealers of most televisions and audio brands. And they've got all the hottest items in stock. And, folks, they're stocked up just for you. 
Sonos, uh, Sonos audio equipment, of course, those smart TVs, and they're not jacking up the prices. Give Tom McCain his group a call today at 512-255-8678. They are the smart guys that don't make you feel stupid. Please make the call today to audiovisual consultations. Amen. Amen. And shout out to Top Gun Equipment. Wait, Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment. Can I read, yeah. Buck? It's only right there on the screen in front of me. Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment, our buddy Brandon Mars. Great Dude, if you have anything you need to get done, maybe this Sunday, don't do it tomorrow. Watch college football tomorrow. But, you know, the last Sunday before the NFL season, if you've got that task at home that you've just been putting off for a long time, go to Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment. They've got all the tools you need. Seriously, whatever you have to get done, if it's something at home, something at your place of business, whatever, the rentals, or you can buy stuff as well. The biggest selection, the best brands, they take care of you. Two Austin area locations to best serve you. Up north in Anderson Square, down south on South First Street, topgun.net. We will shoot you straight. Buggy, before we get back into the football, I teased it a while ago. Got to show you this video, man. So you have a recent porta potty story from your time back in Bethlehem, PA, when you were going up there for your 50-year high school star. reunion. I'm a five-star of porta-potties. You sure yeah. about that? Yeah, a couple of years ago when I fell out of the porta-potty at the at a Texas game, when I fell off the, off the curb because they put the damn porta-potty right in the middle of the sidewalk, I oh. took one step and went down. You fell or the porta-pot fell? I fell. I took a step out of the porta-potty. The next step was off the curb. Nothing spilled from the porta pot though, did it? No, nothing spilled. I spilled out of the porta potty. Did I look like the old hobo coming out of the porta potty <laughs> drunk or what? Oh, yeah, that that is my nightmare of somebody tipping a porta potty while I'm in there and just getting oh wrecked by that stuff. Well, you've got a porta potty story because they didn't let you into your high school where you're allegedly a Hall it of Famer. Locked. It was closed. They, were, they yeah. didn't let me. Yeah, well, there was a guy who had a key. I'm a wall of fame guy. Come on. There's a there's a guy who had a key, and instead of giving you the key or using his key to let you in, he just pointed you to the raggedy old used porta potty out there on the lawn. A blue wave. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> this didn't happen to you. This is at a concert. This is in Pittsburgh. Oh, Pennsylvania, Keystone <laughs> State. You're right. Oh, man, you you were saying hopefully it's not in Bethlehem. Not in Bethlehem, but it is in PA. This is at a uh, PNC Park where the Pirates play, a Morgan Wallen concert. You know who that guy is, Buck? Hell no. Yeah, he's uh, not a huge fan of your people. Come on. Yeah, but here is something that happened, a massive scene that took place at a few porta potties at this concert in Pittsburgh earlier this week. Check it out. You're listening on the app. But fun to watch.
Wow. <laughs> Dude. Boy, that, that blonde came in here throwing down. She came in here tossing everybody out. I mean, there were like four or five different people involved. There's that poor girl trying to leave one of the porta potties. She opens the door, and all of a sudden, there are two chicks fighting right outside the door, and they fall in there. You've got one chick with the white cowboy boots. She's got toilet paper stuck. She's kicking people. She had to go to the bathroom, and they're in there messing around. She had to go. Enough of that. God. I mean, yeah, the girl in the white boots with the toilet paper under her shoe just came in wailing. I'm not on a people. fan. Dude, how about that, man? I don't God. No, no, no. What do you do no. if you're in that situation? Concert goer. Yeah. Good job. Not Taylor Swift. We have seen some craziness from the Swifties in recent weeks, and we played some videos of that on this channel, but Morgan Wallen concert. What is this, concerts in Houston there? Yeah. Wow. What do you think? What do you think caused that? How do we get to that point where you're fighting outside of a row of porta potties? Toilet paper. Oh. <laughs> you think that was the issue? Yeah, you have to get a rolls in there. You can't do that to people. The women can't go in there without tissue. They don't play that. See how upset they get? That's yeah. what. What do men go in there without TP? What do you use? Like the bathroom rug at home? The shower oh, curtain? They they'll use a sock. A dude will use a sock. He doesn't care. Oh, they happen to be wearing socks. They'll take a sock and use it. They don't care. Have you done that before? No, I'm just giving you an idea. If it just happens to happen to you, you know what I mean? God. Yeah. That was wild, man. Yeah. What well, one of the girls, when she walked out, she took the toilet paper with her and the other girls yeah. like, I need that. And then they yeah. just started throwing haymakers because That's of it. Right. I need this toilet paper. Dude. Insane. The porta potty drama that we have on this show in Florida. No, yeah, that was that was your uh, your old neck of the woods up in Pennsylvania. All right, Buck, let's talk some more college football here. Um, the biggest games this weekend. Look, we can talk about the Sunday game right now. LSU, Florida State. We asked Lee; he thinks both teams a little bit overrated, and it's interesting, right? There's going to be some parity in college football this year. Uh, Georgia's number one; they should be number one. They are the two-time defending national champs, but they're replacing their quarterback, who was there for about 17 years. And they lost a lot of talent from last year's team. Now, they did lose a lot from two years ago's team and still found a way to win it all a season ago. So uh, betting on Georgia feels like the smart play. But there's some questions with a lot of teams towards the top of the college football polls this season. LSU number five coming off a very successful year one for Brian Kelly. Florida State number eight. You know, people were ready to fire Mike Norvell before last season started. And here they are in the preseason top 10, and they're kind of a trendy pick to make it to the college football playoff this year. What do you think about this game? What do you like about uh, these teams going into this weekend? Well, I love LSU in this football game. I, I don't think they're overrated. I think they're right, right in the spot they should be with their quarterback and with their defense and may, maybe the best defensive player in the nation on that side of the football. So I, I, I don't think it's trendy taking LSU. I think LSU and Brian Kelly can flat out coach. I think they're legit. I think they'll be maybe even better. This may be a one-loss LSU team this year, you know, getting into the college playoffs, I believe. Florida State may be the, the, the trendy one. You know, I think they're a little bit overrated. Their quarterback is an NFL type of quarterback. You know, they're, they'll try to run the ball. They'll try to get back to that Florida State running game. But is their defense going to be good enough? That's, that's what I worry about with Florida State. I don't worry as much offensively with them because they have skill, skilled players at the wide receiver running back. And the, the daggum quarterback is going to be one of those picks possibly, 
you know, BK, is he going to be a top five pick uh, at quarterback, period? I mean, he's just that good. But LSU has the total team. You know, I, that's a team, and I think that's good on both sides of the football. I think they'll be good offensively. Their quarterback, like Lee said, if that guy gets on a roll, look out college football. Yeah. He's the one that's going to be top, tough to stop. And defensively, you know, their, their outside linebacker defensive end was maybe the best last year. How good can he be this year? Oh, Harold Perkins. Yeah, Perkins was devastating as a freshman last year. What's he going to be like in his sophomore year? Because we yeah. know after next year, that dude is gone. Yeah, that he guy might be out. a top three pick in the uh, yeah. 2025 NFL draft. He, he is. Flat out play. They've got good defense oh. at LSU. They're, 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 LSU is back. Yeah, and they've got a trend on the LSU campus these days where second-year head coaches are winning national championships. Your girlfriend, Kim Mulkey, did that. Yes, she did. In women's basketball. Everybody, look out for her. And she's, then, still, she's still got the fire. Yeah, she does. She scares the shit out of me, dude. <laughs> I'm telling you. Like, I'd rather be trapped in a dark alley with, like, Warren Sapp than I would. Those girls would have, what, would you, what would you think about happen to those girls if they tried to throw down on Kim Mulkey? In a porta potty, dude. She'll pull a switchblade out. And <laughs> she gonna wipe them out. Game Absolutely. over. I ain't messing with Kim Mulkey, but she can coach, man. She's one of the best to ever do it. She won a title in year two. Their baseball program, headed by Jay Johnson, they just won a title in year two of his coaching tenure there. Now Brian Kelly's entering his second year. Some people are following that LSU wave. Uh, they won ten games last year, including a blowout win over Purdue in the bowl game. Cool. Good job, LSU there. But, yeah, expectations are really high. They've got a bunch of returning starters from last year's bunch. You mentioned it, a senior quarterback and Jaden Daniels, who can be an explosive playmaker. They've got a lot working for them. And Alabama's a little down this year. Like, they're still awesome. Don't get me wrong. This is not, oh, Texas guy says Alabama sucks. No, this is the lowest Alabama's been ranked in a preseason since 2009. Absolutely. So, so like, they're, you know, the SEC West may be a little bit more up for grabs. And, hell, LSU won the SEC West last year. They're feeling confident that uh, they've got the chance to do that again this season. You know, when, when, when Sark goes into Louisiana and gets a player out, I don't care who it is, and LSU wanted him, that is a huge victory for University of Texas and Steve Sarkeesian when he can take a, a football player out of the state of Louisiana and Brian Kelly doesn't get him because he's not going to lose very many of those battles anymore at LSU. They're going to start getting everybody that they want. That's why when Sark goes in there, that's just an amazing win for the University of Texas when they can get a player from Louisiana that an LSU team wanted. Yeah, absolutely. There's a uh, there's a big commitment coming up a little bit later today at 3.30 p.m. Dominic McKinley, the five-star defensive lineman out of Louisiana. Uh, Texas in the mix for him. Uh, that decision coming down at 3.30, that would be a huge, huge get for Sark and company. Sure LSU, really would. LSU, A&M, Oklahoma, uh, a lot of regional rivals for Texas in the mix for that one. But, yeah, that would be a good get. So that's the game of the weekend, of course. Florida State's pretty good, man. Florida State is pretty good. Remember this game Sunday last year, Buck? That's a Sunday tilt? Yeah, Sunday night, that standalone game. Remember last year, I think it was also the Sunday night game, Labor Day weekend. Florida State was up by a touchdown. LSU got the ball on their own one-yard line with just a couple of minutes left. Yep. They marched down the field. They score the touchdown as time expires. All they need to do is kick an extra point to force overtime, and the kick was blocked. Remember that? Yep. 
And that was it. And Florida State got that big win to start the year, and that vaulted them to a 10-win season out there in Tallahassee. So uh, this will be a lot of fun. Hopefully it's as intense and tough and tight as that game was last season because that was uh, pretty spectacular. Yeah, week one is going to be there, – there's some really good football games. Week two, we know what's happening in week two. And Utah coming to, to Waco is going to be a huge game next week along with Alabama-Texas. That is – that's going to be – those are two special games. I mean, we'll find out about Utah. We're going to really find out about Baylor more so than Utah. I think we got a chance to see what Utah was like last night against Florida. We, I think we all understood that this Utah team is a tough physical team. And, you know, they're the winners of the Pac-12 back-to-back years over USC. But we don't know really much about Baylor. My expectations are that Dave Aranda will get Baylor back going. We'll find out next week about the Baylor Bears. We're not going to find out much against Texas State. But we will find out in week two. And the same we'll find out about the Texas Longhorns going to Alabama. But week one comes first. You take care of your business. You do the small things that add up that could get you screwed up in week two. So you take care of your business in week one uh, and and then get ready for week two. But week two is going to be fantastic in college football, especially in our area. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Before we get to our final season predictions, for this Texas football team, you know, we, we can't make changes anymore after right. today Buck, because the season gets going tomorrow. Uh, we'll give our thoughts on what Texas is going to do tomorrow, but also what they're going to do over the entirety of this 2023 campaign. A few more shout outs to a few more of our great sponsors. Woods Comfort Systems. They got you hooked up uh, with the AC, Buck. You're yes, cool indeed. and comfortable in your home, and they can do the same for all of our listeners and viewers out there, too. There is no doubt about it. 60 years in the business, anything happens with your unit, give them a call. They're not going to be out there three weeks from now. They'll be out there most likely the same day, and they'll be out of there in a matter of just an hour or two. They're not spending all day at your house having lunch, talking to everybody. They're working, and they're getting your AC unit all set up and back to the way it has to be, the way it has to be right now. There's no doubt about it. Woods Comfort Center, absolutely the very best. Yep, Woods Comfort Systems. Check them out online, woodscomfortsystems.com. Make sure you tell them you heard about it right here on Texas Sports Unfiltered. And give them a call, too, 512-842-5066. And shout-out to our friends at Last Stand Hats. That's right, gear up for football season with laststandhats.com. All of those badass Texas hats, the all-gas, no-breaks hats, the rope hats with the script lettering across the front, the DBU hats. They've got it all laststandhats.com, plus a great selection of other hats. They've got other schools, too, Texas Tech and UTSA and North Texas and Texas State. They got them all on site at laststandhats.com. Check out the golf polos, too. I'm telling you, there's something for every sports fan in your life over at Last Stand Hats. And my good uh, dentist, Dr. Greg Eckert, of course, uh, with these beautiful veneers right here. But if you're thinking about getting something done to your jacked-up teeth, you know, snaggle tooth out there, how about uh, dental implants? Turn that frown upside down in just one day. You can leave with a smile with Dr. Greg Eckers. So whether it's dental implants or getting getting to have the veneers like I do, he's done over 1,400 cases of veneers. Give him a call today. Find out if you're a candidate for dental implants. And Brain Vault, of course, when I go do the high school game tonight, there'll be a number of players with the Brain Vault in at uh, Lake Travis High School. And let me tell you, it's so far, so good, 100%. Nobody's come out with the concussions. If since they've used brain ball, give them a call today at 512-345-3166. Dr. Greg Ecker. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. A reminder, 
Bucky and I will be doing pregame tomorrow from 12 to 2 out at Covert in Bee Cave. Two hours, commercial-free, all Texas talk, all unfiltered. We're bringing it to you right here on the YouTube channel and on the TSU app, which is free in the App Store and Google Play. Make sure you download that if you haven't yet so you can listen to us on the go wherever you are. And also, Trey and Kevin will be doing postgame right after the clock hits zero tomorrow. So that's right, pregame and postgame on Texas Sports Unfiltered. That's not just a Rice thing. That's an every Saturday thing as we uh, bring you the best Texas coverage that you can possibly get. We're super about excited about thousand alums all over the world on YouTube listening to us tomorrow. All about that. You get every single one? Every single one will be listening to us with our app. They can get us loud and clear. There won't be any hesitations, no stoppage. We just go on. We won't have any commercial breaks. We'll be talking football. I like that. I like the sound of that. Speaking of talking football, Buck, let's talk about our season predictions for this Texas team in 2023. You've been waffling back and forth like a politician, changing your mind every single day about what the record will be for the Longhorns this year. Now, what are you calling me, Bucky Biden? I'm calling you, you <laughs> Sleepy Buck. Sleepy Buck? Come on that now. Is, that, that is you with uh, with how you've been with your season-long prediction for Texas. Now it's time. Friday show before the first game. What is the Longhorns record going to be in 2023? This is a team that will only have one loss for the season. They wow. will have one loss, and they will play in the championship game. How's that? And will they win the conference championship game? They'll be in the championship game. Nope. You have to make your prediction. They who, will. Who are they going to play in the championship game? They will be and, playing the Oklahoma Sooners. Whoa. In the championship game, yes. And they wow. will they will win the championship game. They will beat Oklahoma. So they'll beat OU twice this year. Yes. They will be so who's that one loss to? Roll Tide. Oh. Hey, I can live with a loss at Alabama if Texas is going to run the table the rest of the way. How can you How can you pick against the GOAT? I mean, seriously. After last year, after shaking hands and telling fans all over the state of Texas how wonderful they are, you think that guy's not feeling is, is going to be pissed next week? He will be pissed. That team will be fired up next week. This team will be on the road, and they have not been in an atmosphere like that. Yes, they have great atmosphere here at at, at, at the stadium here, but, dude, going there is a different – that will be a different world for a lot of young football players next week. It really yeah. will be. All right, so you say Texas goes undefeated through the Big 12 and wins yeah. the conference championship with a victory over Oklahoma. How about that for Brett Yormark, a Texas OU conference title game? Get some of that, Mr. Ooh. Commissioner. Yeah, yeah, that would be awesome, man. We need to make shirts. I think Trey and I talked about making shirts with Brett Yormark's face on them for that Texas-Texas Tech game at the end of the year. He's got his face, and underneath it just says, bitch on it <laughs> what do you think of that would you, rock, would you rock one of those maybe get a texas sports unfiltered logo on the back too what do you think of that? Oh, that man. so you're you're, you're picking texas to make the playoff this year that's what you're doing you realize that right i know that yes so you're doing it yes 
Wow. Year number three for Steve Sarkeesian and his staff, his all-star group, as I call Dr. Eckert's all-star group of professionals. Well, this is exactly what Steve Sarkeesian has on his coaching staff. He's got an all-star group of professionals that should be able to get it done with this group this year. I'm, ex- I'm expecting fantastic things from the quarterback. I know that it's hard to replace Bijan and Roshan, but I think they have enough talent to do just that because they are above and beyond at the wide receiver position. That, that skill position there is out of sight. And I expect this kid at quarterback to show us what he truly is made of and what a huge step he will take in year number two as a starter. Man, all right. I love the optimism. I think you're crazy. But I love the confidence that you have in this Texas bunch. You still, and you still got two losses for this group? Oh, I got three losses for this group. What? Yeah, nine and three. Do you know they play in the Big 12, right? I know they've played in the Big 12 in each of the last 13 years, too. <laughs> and they've never won more than nine games in a regular season in that stretch. And the head coach has never won more than, yeah. He's never gotten to 10. So, look, Texas is going to be favored in 11 of 12 games this year. And if they get to the Big 12 title game, odds are they're going to be favored in that one, too. You're yeah, not alone. You know, even though my prediction is for week two and and roll tie to win that football game, that doesn't mean I can't change that prediction next week. No, you can. Absolutely, you can. Yeah, you, can change, you can change your game-by-game predictions. If if you like what you see from Texas tomorrow and if somehow, some way Alabama struggles against the uh, – Blue Raider waffles of Middle Tennessee State. No. And what did I get that wrong? There, it's something like that. Yeah, uh, I can't remember. It's Somehow Bama pick. struggles a little bit. Yeah, of course you're entitled to change your game pick, but season long pick. You're going college football playoff. I'm going nine and three for Texas. I am going with a trip to the conference title game, and I am going with a win in the Over. conference title game. Over. You want it to be. I know what you want it to be. Kansas State. Oh. Yeah, the Purple Cats. The Purple Cats, who won the Big 12 last year. Curious how they replaced Deuce Vaughn. Curious how they replaced Felix Enyadike Uzama on that defensive front. But I like that coach. Uh, I like their team. I like Will Howard. I'm going with, uh, you know, it's it's a cop-out by me. I'm going chalk. The top two teams in the Big 12 preseason poll, I think, will meet in the – Big 12 championship game at the end of the year. Steve Sarkeesian will be coach of the year. That Yeah, I mean, if Texas goes 11, if they go undefeated in the Big 12, like you're saying, then yes, absolutely. Without a shadow of a doubt, he will be the Big 12 coach of the year. Uh, I've got Texas losing two conference games, right? They're going to lose in Tuscaloosa, although I, I think there's a chance they win that game, and I, I could change my pick too between now and next Saturday on that one. I might buy into the hype and drink a little bit too much Kool-Aid and get drunk on that burnt orange Kool-Aid if I like what I see tomorrow at DKR. Against but, Rice, you be, you're better like what you see. What do you mean, if I like what I see? Yeah. What is there well, to tell you you can't like what you see with a school six, being in the 50s? 63 to nothing is me liking what I will see. Okay. If it's 40, 45 to 21, oh. Not going to be me liking what I see. It's a win. Not score 21 points tomorrow. Yeah, that will not be me. I know Bama has quarterback questions, and they don't even know who their quarterback is, or at least they haven't announced who their quarterback is. But, uh, yeah, no, it's it's like Texas has to be really, really good. Really, really good. But I'm going 9-3. and three. I'm taking the under. I'm sorry, but I am going with the Big 12 championship. So don't, don't call me too much of a pessimist. There you I go. Know, 
I, I need to see Sark win 10 games before I can predict him to win 10 games. Obviously, I hope you're right. That would be amazing. If we're talking about a college football playoff team, you're not alone. Brian Jones, Texas guy, but still a national guy. Danny Cannell, uh, Desmond Howard. I mean, there have been national college football people predicting that, that Texas. Me, that aren't as smart as I am. Wow. Yeah, that's right. Think about that. That aren't as smart as I am. That that is, are picking Texas. That, so. is really, that is really insulting to them. That's the meanest thing you could say about any of those guys is saying that you're smarter than them. Desmond Howard? Come yeah. on, man. Yeah. Really? Although it might be bad news if Texas is uh, on his playoff prediction because I think AM was on his list last yeah, year. Last year, yes. And how, how'd they do in 2022, Buck? I can't remember. The same as they'll do in 2023. Oh, five yeah. and seven? Yeah, they'll be horrible. Wow. This group is not coming together until they get a new head coach. Wow. Well, they don't have Appalachian State on their schedule this year, so that is good news for the Aggies. All right, Buck, great show. We'll talk tomorrow at 12 o'clock for the pregame at Covert BK. Excited about that. Reminder, Trey and BK from 12 to 1, and Chip and Zay from 1 to 3, our last day of this current lineup We've got more shows coming. We've got more announcements coming during Trey and BK in the 12 o'clock hour, so make sure you're locked in. Thanks again to all of our sponsors. Thanks again to all of you for tuning in. Buck, great show today, my friend. All right, man. Talk to you all tomorrow. Welcome.